It's ludicrous, but let's listen in. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, August 18th, 2022. This is your award-winning Get My Nation Media Assassination, episode 1478. This is No Agenda. Shaking up the CDC and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA Region number 6. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where everybody's celebrating the fact that Liz Cheney's running for president. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> this is the most boring news item to me ever. <laughs> Yet it is dominating the headlines. Liz Here's Cheney. Liz Cheney who running cares, for a, 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 who cares about Liz Cheney? Mm-hmm. And what kind mm-hmm. of an egomaniac would get drubbed 29% to 66% in a in a primary, just wiped out. Yeah, and then say, "Ah, I'm going to run for president now." She even had uh, she even had that uh, ex ABC News uh, executive who did the Jan Six uh, uh, production was there to see her, you know, concede with a camera crew. Every news outlet, I went and dug around for this stuff because it was worth deconstructing as far as I'm concerned because it had so much propaganda in it. And it was loaded, NBC being the worst, loaded with their interviewing her and they're bringing her here and they're bringing her there and they say, well, it's a Trump victory, but blah, blah, blah. She's still (laughs) going to stop Trump because she's a superwoman and she's dour. She has no appeal at all. She could win in Wyoming as a uh, as a congresswoman because it was nobody it was a republican state and she was the republican candidate but now that they have anybody going anybody could beat her they were even, and now she thinks she's going to run for president it's pathetic they, and well then, i have a thought i have thoughts i've thoughts i mean this was known before the night before i think uh cbs was already talking about her running for president here's a short clip and and robert i took a look at her campaign finances today she's raised nearly 14 million dollars and still has seven and a half million cash on hand what does that mean for liz cheney's future Nora, it shows she has a strong fundraising base for a national campaign. And Cheney has not ruled out a potential 2024 presidential bid. But in the meantime, on Tuesday night, she is planning to deliver a major speech warning that Trump is a threat to American democracy. Threat to democracy. Um, so some thoughts on the Trump threat to democracy we have to talk about. <laughs> we'll get later. we'll get there. We got it. We got this. The Cheney thing. The only thing that could be interesting is what if she runs not as a Republican? What if she runs as an independent? That would shore up Trump for that would make him president well, overnight. That. that would be and the, the Ross to, Perot you, gag. You have to consider a couple things. One is it possible that this whole th- this is ridiculous? What I'm going to say. Uh, all right. <laughs> is it possible the idea is to get her to run as an independent to make sure Trump wins? Well, th- this is where and I was. She's part is, of the whole Republican scheme. This is where I was headed because that's the only thing oh, I could please. think. Yes. It's so idiotic. I said this it's this morning to Tina. Art. I said the only thing I can think of is that this would be a Ross Perot situation. She runs as an independent because she was in on it from the beginning. But that seems unlikely. 
especially with the old man coming out and yeah, you know, he's a threat to democracy and this, and she can her all her speeches, which is always the same thing. Which yeah, but, is, but wait, you have to understand, she can still run as an independent, say threat to democracy, and she will be loved by the left. Well, even, we even have some evidence stupid. that she was loved by the left, and it. it I have a serious eclipse, unfortunately. Oh, oh goodness. Okay. But let's go with it. We, we go over to CNBC, which I always thought was somewhat sensible. It's the real news, man. That Those guys, they can't mess around. Well, it turns out that that's not true. Oh. oh. So we have O. Kelly coming over there to do the Shepard Smith show. And she's got her, you know. Kelly? 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 Kelly Evans, the, the gorgeous brunette with the funny, she moves around her mouth when she talks in a funny way. It reminds me of Robert Tilton, the, the, the televangelist who always, always scrunch up his mouth. You watch him and you oh, go, yeah, what yeah, is yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah. this guy's mouth? Yeah. She, well, her mouth is so manufactured. I'm a little jealous of it. You know, I'm going through my own uh, my own teeth renovation. I'm like, oh, she's got a great <laughs> smile, Give a great mouth. Kelly Ev- I want those Kelly Evans teeth. That's what I want. <laughs> Kelly Evans. So here she goes. Let's go on. She's going to do a whole thing to start the show. And by the way, you could tell what was going on with the various networks by what they started the show with. Fox, for example, started off using a Brett Bear show. He started off with CDC stuff. Yeah. And, and then they lost the plot. Completely, but she started off, and most NBC, all the NBC shows started off, Cheney, 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 as if Cheney, the lone repu- the lone Congresswoman or man from Wyoming, is top of the news. It's ludicrous, but let's listen in. Former President Trump exacting revenge on his biggest critic in his own party. Congresswoman Liz Cheney facing a brutal loss in Wyoming. Pre-election polls indicated she was almost certain to lose her re-election bid, but she went down even worse than expected. She finished nearly 40 points behind her Trump-backed opponent, Harriet Hageman. Former President Trump calling Congresswoman Cheney a fool. Now the two rivals could be facing off in 2024. Congresswoman Cheney telling the Today Show Savannah Guthrie this morning that she is considering a run for president. That's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. Well, she's not wasting any time taking on her next big move. NBC News confirming she filed to transfer her campaign cash to a new organization, and she's promising to do whatever it takes to keep former President Trump back out of the Oval Office. I believe that Donald Trump continues to pose a very grave threat and risk Mm -hmm. to our republic. Uh, And I think that defeating him is going to require a broad and united front of Republicans, Democrats and independents. Uh, And that's uh, what I intend to be uh, to be part of. Uh But she didn't stop there. She's also targeting election deniers in offices across the country. I don't think that anybody in any political party should support election deniers. Uh, that's true here in Wyoming, uh, and it's true all across the country. You know, just as a, as a slight aside, the meme that they've tried to launch here with election deniers is so stupid. You know, it's like, I, I understand when they're trying to make it into birthers, you know, stuff like that. You know, you... you you deny you you, yeah. you you disagree that Trump lost. You no, think you it deny, was stolen. You deny. So you just deny the election election deniers. It's a little too, sh- as we say in the old country, too short through the corner. I don't know why they say a couple, that, a couple of. I don't know. But yeah, 
A couple of things that should be noted. One is why are they make, keep keep? They're the ones that keep making the fuss about election deniers and election election uh, lies. The lies. The Trump's lies about the election. The big lie is about the election, and on and on. It's like why don't you? Aren't you making this a little? I mean, we never did that with Gore, who would go on and on about. No, how he no, no, won. no. But it's a it's Plan B. It's a, it's a insurance because they figure that if they can't lock him up, if they I mean the, the final thing they could do is kill him. I mean, I'm I'm getting a little concerned about it because they're so nuts. Um, then the only thing they'll have left is the big lie that they just need. It's like the vaccines. You know, your fifth boot, your fifth shot is on the way because everything's groovy. Just paper over the fact that it doesn't work. Paper over everything and just focus on the d- election denial because, you know, they, he'll win. And then even if he loses, he'll win and he'll, he'll get all these Trump people out and it'll be a civil war. So what else? what is the threat to the democracy they keep talking about? I don't specifically? even know. We've we've talked about this. I have no idea. I'd love to know what the threat is to democracy. It must be the I would election like to denial. I know what it is too. They never say it's the election denial. That's a threat to democracy. If you deny elections, I don't think that's what it is because I think no, what it's, it it's is horseshit. Is, is what it is, John. Obviously, it's just a, a slogan. More horseshit. Well, let's listen to the bigger horseshit here <laughs> with a, a bunch of nonsense. That this is again. M, this is CNBC, which should be, at least be presenting something, you know, honest. Yeah, but the Shep Smith show is not the same as the as the, the crew during the day. You no, know, the, the crew during the day, all they talk about stocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this, That's different. This crew is like level, well, they also, you this know. Is, this is second, this is like MSNBC. Yeah, it's with, right, you know, right a little before, more polished. Let's go. Right before Shark Tank, if that gives you any clue. <laughs> Congresswoman Cheney's loss last night, the end of a Republican family dynasty in Wyoming, at least for now. Elon Moy is in Jackson tonight. Elon, you spoke to voters there. Uh, what do they think about her future? Well, Kelly, Cheney told supporters last night that the real work starts now. And here in Jackson, where she won 75% of the vote, folks say they're ready to roll up their sleeves. The last couple times I've met uh, Representative Cheney, I just say, put me in, coach, is I want to help any way I can. <laughs> Jim Brooks. Did he just ask to go from first class to coach? I, I, uh, coach, is I want to, uh, Representative put Cheney. Coach. <laughs> put me, put put me, me in, coach. in, coach. <laughs> put me in, coach. I but don't want to be in first class. Put me in, coach. It sounded weird. It didn't sound like, put me in, I coach. I never picked up on that. <laughs> That's very funny, though. A couple times I've met uh, Representative Cheney, I just say, put me in, coach, is I want to help any way I can. Jim Rooks is on the Jackson Town Council and calls himself a political unicorn, a true centrist with no allegiance to any party. His family's been in Wyoming for 120 years, and he considers Cheney both a personal friend and a potential president, but acknowledges it's an uphill battle. My students and I call it the Clint Eastwood syndrome. Oh, the Clint Eastwood syndrome. What is this? Is he not hated by by the left? Yeah, that's true. But we'll play that last. Does he say, I say to my students? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Here we go. Uh, Congresswoman. Personal friend and a potential president, but acknowledges it's an uphill battle. My students and I call it the Clint Eastwood syndrome. My students and I. So he has students. So he's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yet another teacher who's a lefty. Yeah. Um, Bastards. Not just pointing that out. Bastards. And he's, of course, in city council. And then she starts, when she starts this piece... Uh, this package, she says, 75% of the people in Jackson, Wyoming, voted for Liz Cheney. Mm. 
I can't find that data. I have looked and looked. I know 75% in the past have voted for her because she was the only candidate. But I didn't see any evidence of this. I think it's a lie. I think it's bull crap. And Jackson's not, you know, that much different than the rest of the state. Mm. But they did, they did have, maybe Jackson has more Democrats because the Democrats are the ones that voted for Liz Cheney by doing a crossover. And the woman coming up, who, by the way, I wish you could see her. <laughs> she looks like she's probably in her mid-30s. Uh... And has the look of a woman in her mid-30s has, you know, 250,000 miles on her. Oof. She looks terrible and sounds <laughs> like a like a bar fly. And she's a, <laughs> the, a Democrat who voted for Liz Cheney. Here she goes. Right? That we don't have to do anything. Someone just rides off, you know, the high plains and saves the day. Right? She needs help. Right. She needs help from her own party. And she right. needs help from independents. And she needs help from Democrats. Allie Noland is one of those Democrats. She voted for Cheney yesterday and said she'd do it again, and so would her Democratic friends. If it's Liz versus Trump, I will definitely vote in the Republican primary again, and I will be voting for Liz. Um, She, you know, if she and I align on three of 150 values, that's three more than I align with for Trump. As for the former president, he minced no words on his social media platform, writing that Cheney can now disappear into the depths of political oblivion. Of course, she has no intentions of doing that. The paperwork for her leadership pack has already been filed. It's called The Great Task, and it's funded with $7 million left over from her campaign. But Kelly, the headquarters is not here in Wyoming, but in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of Washington. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's where all the spooks are. Uh, question. Well, not only that, but if you watch the Tucker takedown of Liz Cheney, yeah, that's he where mentioned she that she lives there. That she lives there. She doesn't live in Wyoming. No, of course not. Now, no, uh, of course, wait, they uh, said makes uh, sense. Now, I don't know. Did you skip one? Because there's a bit in here that seems to be missing. No, and that, that was that the was, way it ended. That was number three. I only have three. Did I miss something? Let me see. You no, missed two. Ch- no, ch- no, we played two. We you couldn't it. have played two because two has a kicker in it that I have to. Bre- uh, okay, well maybe I'm sorry. I thought I played two. Here we go. Congresswoman Cheney's loss last night, the end of a Republican family dynasty. Yeah, we played that one. Yeah, we well, played that one. It seems like the third one. That's number so two. Play, play three, then. That's what we just played. Well, that when you just clicked on was three. I thought you said no, it was two. No, that's two. You said we didn't play that. Who's on first? This is okay. Three. Then play three. We just played three, right? Just play that the we don't have to do three. anything. Someone... This is this is the beginning of three, right? That we don't right. have to do anything. Okay, Someone... okay, okay, okay. Do you have four? No, it was the end of two. <laughs> I guess I don't have four. There was something in the end yeah, of two. The I end wanted of, to... the end of two is that guy saying, "My students, but yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, okay, okay. My students and so I call it the Clint uh, Eastwood damn, syndrome. There's a kicker. I'm in here somewhere. I'm missing it. The kicker in two. Or in three. No, it's it, it'll be in it'll be in this. I have another series from from, uh, from this one. All right, let me just reset. You covered it. Let's go with. Let's go. I'm sorry. Let's go with. Um, see if I can find her other things. Well, let while you, while you're looking, I wanted to play something that comes from the oh. left. Oh, okay. I'll let you go. No, no. Play play what you're playing because I got to look. Okay, but I do need your attention on this. Um, I, I believe me. Okay, so this is to show you why a theory like Liz Cheney either working for the Democrats, working for the Republicans, you know, whatever it is, the people on the left of the political spectrum who are active in that arena, 
in the United States don't give a shit about anything but no Trump. And that, and I just got this this morning, Sam Harris, who I think is a perfect example of an elitist liberal in the United States. Would you agree? I thought he was a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A podcaster. So he did this interview. So I think by definition. Yeah, definition, you're a leftist. Yeah, there you go. No, you're not an elitist. Uh, no, he's a New York Times. Listen, he's very, it's a very successful podcast. He makes a lot of money. He writes for the New York Times. He's an elitist leftist. Okay. It, well, when you hear this, you tell me what you think he is. I mean, Hunter Biden, at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had, had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared. Right. It's like it's, there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden. Right. It's not it's like it's not Joe Biden. But even if Joe, like even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is like if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and, and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else. Right. Or China. Right. 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 It is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like it's like it's like a firefly to what? the sun, right? I mean, like there's just right. It doesn't right. even it doesn't even stack up against Trump University, right? Trump University right. as a story is worse than anything that could be in in Hunter Biden's laptop, in my view, <laughs> right? Right. Now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the, you know, the New York Post's Twitter account. Like that, that's a, just a conspiracy, that's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump. Absolutely it was, absolutely, right? But I think it was right. warranted, right? right. And, I'm, and again, it's a right. coin toss right. as to whether or not Sam, I'm sorry. that particular piece I'm, I'm really is, yeah. sorry, I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah. on, but you've just oh, said yeah. something I really struggle with it. there, which is the, you the, support- the, kid, the kids in the basement? You, no, no, fuck the kids in the basement. I'm interested in democracy. You're saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as president. Well, no, I'm, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's just not left-wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left-wing, right? Liz Cheney is doing everything in her power. You're content with to prevent somebody no, being but democratically it's not elected. A, no, but there's nothing, conspiracy, it's not, it, it was a conspiracy out in the open, It does, but it doesn't matter if it was, it doesn't matter what part's conspiracy, what part's out in the open. I mean, I think it's like, if people get together and talk and talk about what should we do with, about this phenomenon, you know, if, if it's like, if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth, and, and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course, right? Is that a conspiracy? Right. So you see, this, this Trump is analogous to an asteroid about to hit the Earth. That was, yes. And he, he stretched it out long enough you couldn't pick that up. Normally you did. Let's, uh, you, you asked me a question. What do I think he is? Yes. I think, I, I agree. He's a, he's. But he's beyond an elitist. He's a Marxist. That is Marxist. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the, the end justifies the mean thinking. Yeah. In other words, yeah. So uh, they did, uh, they, they squashed the uh, New York Post reporting. They yep. kicked him off Twitter. All that's well worth it because okay. the end okay. yep. Yep. Justifies, justifies the means. means. So yes. you have to kill a few people. Yep. It's good because that, that means Trump didn't get in. That's right. Um, that's right. So that is Marxism at its, or actually not even Marx. It's communism, Leninism at its finest. Is that left? 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Just checking. Did you find it your clip? to be, but it also, it, you have it on both sides of the spectrum. So I, I don't add a party or a left-right label to it. It's, but it definitely, in his case, is left. But that's disgusting that anyone would come out and... What he said in there, if you played that clip again, I don't want... You don't have no, to. No, we don't know. Don't but do if that. you played it again, you what you heard was the worst parts of American uh, left thinking in today's world. It's yes. just horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It's a- antisocial. It's... Uh, yeah. And what corruption are we talking about with Trump? On the presidential Trump University, level or- man. Trump University is horrible stories. Worse than anything. The dead kids in the basement at the Hunter man Mansion. So, so you have Trump lending his name to a bunch of failed projects that were. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to be if you want to be honest about it, it worse than uh, Trump University was Trump Stakes. I mean, that was bad. You had one? No, of course not. Are you kidding me? I'm not gonna have a Trump steak. It sounds like shit. <laughs> no. But that's you know, an entrepreneur doing this and that, uh which is what he was and it remains. Uh and so Trump University that is not the same as corruption. So to intermingle a failed scamish uh business which Silicon Valley is full of yeah. To 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 commingle the the phrasing of with corruption. That's not corruption. Corruption is where you are in a in a position where you take and give bribes. The problem with this kind of interview and this kind of speech and this kind of thinking is what I saw in the Netherlands uh when Pim Fortuyn was about to win massively his party won posthumously uh 2 weeks before the election some total nut job lefty an animal rights activist in this case you know came out and shot him killed him assassinated him you know this is what happens you get people get riled up by this talk well if shit if he's an asteroid i better go shoot him that's 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 the problem that's the idea <laughs> did you have the problem did you have more on this uh that you want the you? idea well i go back to uh, well so let's finish with the Cheney stuff. Yeah, that I exactly. Got some, exactly. I, I realized what I did wrong there. Yeah. I do have what I was looking for, but it's in part of a secondary series of clips. So let's go to Tom, Tom Yamas. He's got a show. Uh, everybody's, <laughs> Katie Turr's got a show. They've all got a show on M- uh, NBC's. Well, oh, Kate, Katie Turr has had the afternoon for, for ages. She's got, no, but she's got a news show now. Oh, a news and, show. And Hallie's got a news show. They all have news shows. It's all oh, like the, yeah. That's because they had to move. Rachel's out and they're shuffling everything. No, no. This is on, on this NBC streaming. This is not on MSNBC. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You watch this. Wow. All right. Who, who Are so you the only person? These shows. There's, just, there's a ton of these shows. Who else is watching this? Is this, is this on Peacock? Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding up the, the numbers. Yeah. Okay. So uh Tom Yamas goes on to uh to discuss it. Let's get to Cheney. I think this is like gonna veer away from Cheney, but it's gonna continue to talk about this election. Um Tom Yamas has a Well what uh, we're going away from oh, okay. Blech. I'm sorry. Do you know where I got this from by watching Fox? Yeah, you know, so and, watching, and thank you. You sound a bit like Fox with all this. Like, oh. no, I'm going to tell you. So I, I did too much of these yes. random. <laughs> yeah, 
So I'm watching Fox, and to watch them try to do a story about one thing, it's almost impossible. Um, uh, just take t- take it right now. I'll, I'll get. I'll pull myself together. All right, Von Hillier joins Top Story live tonight. Von, you've been on the campaign trail for us. I want to turn to Pennsylvania tonight in the race between Dr. Oz and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman for Senate. There, Fetterman just called Oz out for this video. Okay, you have to stop this. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to play that clip, which well, is a I gem. I don't know what you want me to play. I'm just playing shit here. I know, you just here. played something random, which I admire. <laughs> well, so, I don't, you're like Tom Yama, so I, I'm saying, all right, which Yama shall I grab? There's like 20 so, of them. <laughs> I want you to listen to this carefully. This is the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. You know, Dr. Oz is running against some biker. Yeah, who's, some cr- yeah who had a stroke. A stroke, and he's like, if he did, because he sure doesn't sound like it. But he's a, uh, he looks like a guy that just rolled in from a Hell's Angels bar, no. you know. No, we, don't judge on, we don't judge on clothing. He, I do. Oh. And he looks like shit and he's a punk. <laughs> but meanwhile, he's going to beat Dr. Oz because okay. Pennsylvanians are stupid. And here's the proof of it. You listen to this and tell me what it's about. All right, Von Hillier joins Top Story Live tonight. Von, you've been on the campaign trail for us. I want to turn to Pennsylvania tonight in the race between Dr. Oz and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman for Senate there. Fetterman just called Oz out for this video. He posted to Twitter, uh, grocery shopping back in April. Let's take a look. I thought I'd do some grocery shopping. I'm at Wegner's, and I, my wife wants some vegetables for crudite, right? So here's a broccoli. That's two bucks. Not a ton of broccoli there. Here's some asparagus. That's four dollars. Yep. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's ten dollars of vegetables there. And then we need some guacamole. That's four dollars more. And she loves salsa. Yeah, there's salsa there. Six dollars. Must be a shortage of salsa. Guys, that's twenty dollars for crudite. And this doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous. And we got Joe Biden to thank for this. All right, crudite and tequila, Vaughn. I know you've covered a lot of campaigns and you've covered a lot of different states. Talk to us about the significance of this video because the Democrat in this race, Fetterman, claims he's been able to raise half a million dollars off this video. So how big of an issue is this right now for Dr. Oz? All right, now you're just insulting my intelligence with this shit. And I can't believe Fox News put this story together with that video. NBC, hello. NBC, I'm sorry course it's stupid what's what's stupid about it how would they get for half a million dollars how would you raise a half a million dollars he, he i don't know it's like did he don't, I don't know. you're not a little bit baffled by this video being like a point of of interest no no i i can't believe anything i'm hearing from anybody this is dr oz himself to me is a farce this guy is i'm gonna douche. go back to asking you a question why is this video controversial? Okay, let me see if I can answer the question. Why is this video controversial? Because uh, he, the, he uses the word crudite? <laughs> I don't know. You nailed it. <laughs> Again, insult to the intelligence. This is horrible. I can't believe you nailed it. Oh, I can because I'm smart. And I'm likable. Let's go to part two where they kind of, they try to break it down. I didn't, couldn't figure it out. 
I mean, the reality is, is that Dr. Oz is now down significantly in polling here. And this is at a time, Tom, in which most in the political atmosphere were expecting big wins for Republicans in the Senate and in the House this November. But Dr. Oz is looking to replace a current Republican senator in Pennsylvania who is retiring. So if the Democrats and John Fetterman, who's really sort of playing this part of the everyman, were able to pick up this seat, it would be significant. Dr. Oz is a longtime resident of New Jersey, has had this mansion here. And then when you look here, uh, making this political play at this last moment here, it's really put up a lot of tension because Republicans need this seat. And when you look at several other states, they're on the cusp of potentially losing to Democrats in those places, too. That is why this is a such concern. In this viral video, it's turning a lot of heads for the folks that are watching these political turning races heads. very closely. Yeah, trying Tom. to appeal to everyday voters with the crew today was an interesting choice of words there. All right, Von Hilliard from the campaign trails. Always for us, Von. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting choice of words. I don't know. It's not a weird word to me. 30 minutes now on these assholes. Do we need to continue with American politics? Yeah, we do. Can we do, wanna, can, oh. can we do like an entrepreneur? Can we just slide in some CDC news or anything before? I we have do? a lot of CDC clips if you want to go there. Yeah, yeah. Let me play one, and then I'd like to hear yours. The CDC is planning a major overhaul of how that agency operates. The agency has faced a lot of criticism in the last two years. First, in the response to the COVID pandemic, and now to the monkeypox outbreak. Now, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says she wants the agency to do a few things in particular. Hold itself more accountable, speak about public health issues in plain English, and share more scientific findings more quickly. All of it to help the agency prepare for future public health emergencies. I want to bring in Dr. Mario Ramirez now. He is an emergency physician and the former pandemic and emerging threats coordinator under President Barack Obama. Uh, Dr. Ramirez, what do you make of what we heard from the agency today, this announcement about an overhaul of sorts? Well, I think it's certainly a step in the right direction, and, and aspirationally, it's in the right direction, Aaron. Um, you know, I think Director Walensky, after this very thorough review, uh, is really making it clear that she hears and she understands the problems that not only, you know, folks within government, but the greater public, you know, have come to see over the last two years, which is that CDC, unfortunately, has been slow to publish this data, and it's been a bit hard for the public, I think, to understand some of the nuance that they've tried to communicate. And so I think aspirationally, all of these changes that she's trying to make are all in the right direction. Yeah, I think a lot of people maybe didn't understand exactly what the CDC's function was prior to, to COVID. Uh, what more do you think needs to be done to try to revamp the, the government response to health crises, at, at not just at the CDC? Well, the real challenge, I think, that faces CDC, and, and honestly, not just CDC, this is something that faces all of us in academic medicine is that it is extremely difficult to communicate complex scientific issues mm. at, at a speed that is so fast that's faster than, you know, the, the Twitter sphere, for right. example. Um, and so it's not only difficult to communicate that quickly, but the margin for error is so small. So if you make a mistake in public health, it takes a very long time to regain public trust. And that's something that CDC is going to struggle with with these changes. It's something that all of us in academic medicine are going to continue to struggle with. So right on cue, if you see what they're actually talking about, oh, yeah, we got to communicate better. But what they're doing is they are going to have Congress write a law where they have more power, where they have power over states, where they have power over lockdowns, and they're admitting it. It's just not being reported. 
That's what's going on here. And we knew it would happen. We knew the CDC would be revamped because they're going to get blamed. They'll probably get blamed uh, in all these lawsuits. Have you been following that? The, the, the mandate lawsuits, Illinois Hospital paying $10.3 million to people who were uh, fired. Uh, churches now uh, not having to pay their fines for not shutting down during COVID-19. They may countersue. I think the CDC will get blamed. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, well, we're fixing CDC. That makes nothing but sense. And that would this would be the perfect cover. And you bring in, you know, this uh, Walensky. Oh, she's perfect for it. She reads a script. Doesn't have to do anything else. Um, I'll frame this the way they're really talking about. Well, actually, why, why don't you do your, your, uh, your CDC clips? Let me do those first. Yeah, my CDC yeah. clips are from Fox. <laughs> As opposed to everything else I've I hope they so suck. Far. I hope they suck. <laughs> or they're funny. Uh, well, it just got Ducey. Okay. And well. this is what I was talking about, where they're, they're, in, they're having nothing but trouble focusing. And I didn't, I didn't keep the whole clips whole because Ducey starts to... <laughs> they throw it to Ducey to talk about the CDs. I cut it out, what, it, what happened. He's talking about the CDC, and then he says... It, and then he goes on to the... Inflation Act, mm-hmm. the Stop Inflation Act or whatever it's Inflation called. Inflation Reduction Act. And then he goes and rants about, about that. And they get back to the subject. I could, had to take that whole thing out. But then let, later, Brett Barr goes off the rails too. So, so they're having trouble over there focusing it <laughs> on, at okay. Fox. Okay. So let's go. But let's play this, the, the basic story, which is CDC Shakeup 1. A major shakeup at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. In the wake of massive criticism during the coronavirus pandemic, confusing and frequently evolving guidelines, and now questions about the monkeypox outbreak, <laughs> CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky says the reset will include internal staffing moves and steps to speed up communication that the agency admits were inadequate. White House correspondent Peter Ducey has our top story tonight. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Brett. Hey, Brett. Masks, tests, vaccines, school closures, social distancing. The medical professionals who came up with rules that led some folks to go out of business and others to stay home. The medical professionals this president told us to listen to now admit they were wrong. As President Biden golfs away from cameras, there's a reason to revisit a comment he's made over and over. Tell the truth. Follow the scientists. The science. The problem? His scientists now admit they blew it. The CDC is planning a major overhaul. As Director Rochelle Walensky says in a statement, for 75 years, CDC and public health have been preparing for COVID-19. And in our big moment, our performance did not reliably meet expectations. <laughs> video of a maskless President Biden coughing and shaking hands with lawmakers quickly went viral last night because CDC guidance is for close contacts to COVID patients like him to mask for 10 days. But he's not to blame. An internal CDC review concluded COVID guidance was both confusing and overwhelming. Updated guidance puts less of a burden on unvaccinated Americans, ditching requirements for unvaccinated people to isolate. Mm. Now, Man, they're making it overly be... complicated. I am not going to argue that. But there's a couple of weird things in there because I haven't been watching Brett Barr's show. A uh, couple of things. One, 
You think that the NTD presentations are stiff and kind of unprofessional sounding? <laughs> yes. Ducey is the worst. He's yeah, he's uh, he's a monotone. He's a monotone and he's got no right, he's got he's no modulation. He's just riding on What's, his family name, damn it, he better shape up. What's the family name? His dad. Dad Who's his dad. Dad Ducey. Dad Ducey? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come on. He's very famous, his dad Ducey. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't know Dad Ducey was famous. Yes. So well, let me look it up and see what his name is. Uh, so, uh, what was his name? He said something. Oh, yeah. And he, they also do something none of the other networks do, and I, I'm kind of glad they do it. They show the whole Biden thing. So when the yeah, Biden Steve, blo- you know, Steve Ducey is his dad. Steve, oh, Ducey. Steve Ducey. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's, oh. a, he's it's, a, it's a, a legacy, a dynasty. The Ducey dynasty. The Ducey dynasty. <laughs> Dynasty. I can't even Dynasty. say it. So, so uh, they leave the Biden gaffes in. Oh, that's nice. So that, that's funny. Got, they got Biden coughing into his and they got coughing into his hand. He takes his mask off, then coughs into his hand. Do you think? Do you think Deucey does the editing? In, and then when he says, "Believe the science," uh, science. <laughs> they throw in a scientists, cough. <laughs> science. They, they keep all that in. It's like unlike the other networks, which clean it up for him. Anyway, let's go to part two of this. My question is, if the CDC's finally come around to that, why is the military still kicking people out over the COVID shot? Director Walensky plans to remain at the CDC, and we know the president's top medical advisor is safe, too, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Can you imagine any circumstance where President Biden would ever fire him? No. Go ahead. Let's bring in Fox News medical analyst, Dr. Mark Siegel. Good evening, Doc. Um, is this kind of a, an admission? that this was screwed up for a long time. Absolutely, Brett. And and Peter just went over oh, the main guy. reasons. Testing, vaccines, uh, schools, guy. all of this was was handled in a way and natural immunity not recognized. I think that this is an admission to the shortcomings. And further, more than that, and I talked to CDC throughout the day today, it's an admission that the culture is wrong. The culture is based on scientists doing deep dives, delaying, delaying until they're sure and vetting something. And then there are internal offices within CDC, Brett, that are problematic during a pandemic. Offices of lab science, office of science, the office of diversity, inclusion and equity puts on the brakes before anything gets out. We saw it in other countries, our answers, from Israel to the UK. We didn't see it here. And oftentimes CDC made their suggestions and their guidelines based on data that was out of date by the time they made the statements. You know, Dr. Siegel, now you have school districts, for example, who are still mandating masks for kids all the way, uh, you know, from three on. Um, They're pointing to CDC guidelines, which just changed this week. So it seems like it doesn't catch up that the authorities in different places make decisions based on guidelines that may have evolved or changed. (laughs) And this is part of the problem. (laughs) All right. There's Brett Baer not understanding that the media just papers over it. They just keep blasting full steam. They do not care. And you're part of the problem because you suck, man. Why don't you just say it? They're full of crap. They don't know what they're talking about. Don't listen to them. That'll be the day. Oh, but was that clip two? Yes, it was. Okay, there's a short clip three, but the, the good one is the last one. Well, what do you want me to do? Well, I'll play clip three because it must have some connecting. This is a huge part. That's the central problem because the one word I didn't use yet is politicization, right? That the CDC is also under the umbrella of the White House. And what? Skip this clip. Let's. I want you. I, I have to set up this last clip. Clip four. This is an example of. 
Fox is talking about one thing, drifting off. You remember the old, we used to do these switcheroo clips. I used to find them all the time where they they start talking about one thing and then they play a clip of something that's got nothing to do with it. That you, that's uh, a, uh, a whipsaw. A whipsaw. And uh, switcheroo is where we give credit to someone else. The whipsaw. So this is, here's Brett Barr going off the rails about something and then he kicks it over to this doctor, this guy who's a character, by the way. He sounds like a guy you wouldn't want to be your doctor, but it'd be good to have a beer with. <laughs> um, he talks about something all together, and, and it's almost like he, Bear is going to do a whole bit, and then all of a sudden, somebody flipped the switch. Hey, we're still sponsored by drug companies. Oh, okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, drug companies is what keep the news organizations afloat. So let's get back on track, people. Finally, if you were on social media early in the pandemic and you expressed any skepticism about the vaccine or whether your kids should get it, um, a lot of times you were canceled. There are a number of indications and examples of that. Uh, Now you have Canada looking for a fifth vaccine. Um, Where are we? Are we going to see some kind of evolution in vaccines? Yes. Now, to start with your point about beginning in the pandemic, I think we spent our public health officials focus too much on the mandates again with vaccines when really they decrease severity. And that was a big mistake. And that turned a lot of people off. Now we're moving in the direction of we're going to have a vaccine in about three weeks that it's targeted towards the BA5 Omicron subvariant. And there's other <laughs> vaccines in the works that are very exciting Woo! for more variants that cover more. And even wait a minute. What did he say there? Hold on a second. And there's other vaccines in the works that are very exciting for oh. more variants that cover more. And even a nasal barrier vaccine, Brett, within a year or two from Yale looks very exciting that may prevent spread. Oh, I'm so excited about this. This is just uh, going on and on with this skepticism. And then all of a sudden we get a commercial for Pfizer. Man. OK, so now we got to get into this. So on the heels of the CDC overhaul, Dr. Ja. Ja, Dr. Ja, who is the COVID uh, response coordinator, uh, kind of the Burks slash Fauci for the Biden administration, is asked about uh, you know the overhaul and and the good news of what's coming. But listen to the words that he uses. And beyond the upheaval at the CDC, we're getting a better sense of what the future may hold for combating COVID with plans for a new booster to be offered soon. For more, I'm joined by Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID response coordinator. Good to have you here. Doctor, before we talk about the updated vaccines, let me ask you about this admission by the head of the CDC that the agency missed the mark in its COVID response, especially when it came to communications. But is it just the CDC, in your opinion, as a whole of government failed on some levels here? Yeah, so let's, let's remind ourselves that Dr. Walensky, the director of the CDC, asked for this review of, of the oh, CDC. Okay. I think that review was uh, very uh, well done. Uh, it laid out areas where the CDC needs to improve. And the bottom line is that she's committed to making those changes. And I think that's really important. To your broader question, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, our government agencies... Don't you love that? Like, and I think that's, that's really important. I'm just going to move on. Bottom line is that she's committed to making those changes. And I think that's really important. Yeah. To your broader question... You know, our government agencies um, weren't designed to manage a once-in-a-century crisis like this. And I think while many of them performed admirably, there is no question in my mind uh, that that these agencies could have done better. All right. If I can, let me turn to the vaccines now. We've been told that a dual-strain version, if you will, covering older variants oh, well, as well as Omicron. On. 
<laughs> yes. So in other words, this guy's yakking away about, you know, the CDC and then commercial the time bug in the ear. Commercial time. Okay. Time to bring it's up like the a new vax. Was, a, a switch was flipped. Exactly the same thing in your clip. Now we've been My told clip that was I'm... exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the flip yep, of the, the switch. Flip. Here comes the flip. Admirably, there is no question in my mind uh, that that these agencies could have done better. All right. If I can, let me turn to the vaccines now. We've been told that a dual <laughs> strain. If I can, if no. I can, if I can uh, go, uh, you know, if you can. Uh, all right. OK, go ahead. Come back to the vaccines. Better. All right. If I can, let me turn to the vaccines now. We've been told that a dual strain version, if you will, covering if older. You, ver- if you will. If you will. I mean, is this science? If you will. A dual strain version, if you will. Better. All right. If, if I can, let me turn to the vaccines now. We've been told that a dual strain version, if you will, covering older variants as well as Omicron may be ready in just a few weeks. Who will be the first in line? Is this essentially going to be <laughs> a third booster? Yeah, it's a, you know, Lester, here's why uh, the FDA has pushed us to uh, build these vaccines. The, the bottom line is that this uh, virus has evolved substantially since the first vaccines were built. This is why we've seen waning immunity. The vaccines that are coming in a few short weeks are specifically designed for the virus that's out there. And I believe it's going to be available and, and every American uh, over the age of 12 will be eligible. Will this mark the time to retire what we now think of as fully vaccinated, those initial two doses? Oh, no! Is not enough. Uh, people need at least three. Uh, I think three provides that very high level of protection. And then just like the flu vaccine where people need to get updated once a year, uh, we probably need to continue to get updated with COVID vaccines on an ongoing basis. All right, Dr. Ashish Jha, thank you for coming on with us tonight. Thank you. Uh, okay, so a couple things. The worst kind of awkward. Well, oh, it was highly edited. That just uh, that was um, NBC News. That's the clip they put up. They just cut it out. Whatever he said, they cut that out. So I'm sure he, it wasn't on message. Um, but he talks about where building these vaccines building the vaccines and everyone should get updated i mean just listen to the words listen to uh uh-oh john sad news sad breaking news brian stelter is leaving cnn i don't know what we'll do i think he got fired Brian Stelter, Seltzer Water, he got fired. Uh-huh. Yeah, he got fired. I thought he was already gone. He got fired. Uh, anyway, so this is Ja. Wait, talk- wait, wait, back back to that Yeah, that I'm, I'm going back to that clip, yeah. Um, I think he hinted, uh, the host, what's his name, the anchor. Yeah, that guy. He, he said, that guy. <laughs> that guy. He said, are we going to have to think about, he, he suggested reset. In that clip, he suggested a reset. And so, in other words, you're not double back, back right. and boosted Well, let's, let's listen. Let's listen to that. This is an interesting point. American, uh, over the age, retire what we now think of as fully vaccinated, those initial... There you go. That's do- it. He says, retire what we think of... Do we now- retire? In other words, do we retire what we think of as fully vaccinated? Another yes. That says that is reset. Great reset. So we're going to reset. No, you're not fully vaccinated and boosted anymore. No, you got to be so updated. So that little card you've got is no good. You have to be updated. You have to be updated. That, that will, are you updated? Oh, man, I haven't got my update yet. Well, I'm just getting into this the is, vibe. This is terrible. The, the public should revolt. They will not. 
Um, I know they won't. This is they're, they're turning into Holland. <laughs> Especially since the UK is already there. Now to the fight against COVID. The UK has authorized a booster vaccine designed to protect against two variants, the original virus and the Omicron virus. Maggie Ruley is in London with the details for us. Good morning to you, Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Hey, good morning, Amy. Yeah, this it, is a first raining. of its kind, being called a next-generation yeah, vaccine that specifically targets the Omicron BA1 variant that emerged last November. British drug regulators are the first in the world to authorize this shot from Moderna, known as a bivalent COVID-19 vaccine, meaning it will provide protection against both the original 2020 virus as well as the new Omicron strain. Now, these boosters will roll out here in September for anyone over 50, but the big question now is when will they come to the U.S.? Yeah. U.S. has asked both Moderna and <laughs> Pfizer for an even more up-to-date booster that also targets Omicron BA4 as well as BA5, which the World Health Organization says now makes up 70% of global cases. Those versions could be authorized by the U.S. as soon as September and likely available stateside by October. Guys, until then, existing boosters are still recommended for anyone over the age of five, with second boosters recommended for those 50 and over and anyone who's immunocompromised. So the word of the day is bivalent. Bivalent. It's going to be great. Um, There's something weird going on, though, in the pharma world, in the big pharma world, with the marketing world. Uh, And I kind of came about onto this reading that Moderna is going to build the world's first mRNA factory uh, on an Australian college campus. So then all of a sudden I'm like, well, this is interesting. This this supercut, which is you will never, or we have not to date heard anything as mainstream about vaccine uh, adverse reactions as this supercut. But notice that they're mainly from AstraZeneca, one or two mention Pfizer, but nothing about Moderna. A woman from New South Wales has died after taking the AstraZeneca vaccine. An 18-year-old health worker has developed blood clots after getting her COVID vaccine. An elderly woman has died in what's believed to be South Australia's first case of fatal blood clotting caused by the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. A Queensland man is in intensive care tonight suffering a blood clot after receiving his AstraZeneca vaccine. He's one of five similar cases around the country. Six new cases of blood clots have been officially linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine. Three more cases of blood clots have been linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine, including one case in an 80-year-old man. 53-year-old South Australian man is tonight gravely ill in intensive care after suffering a blood clot linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine. In breaking news, a Central Coast woman has died after receiving a COVID vaccine. The head of the Therapeutic Goods Administration is calling for calm following the deaths of two people in our state who received the COVID vaccine. Concerns around the safety of the AstraZeneca vaccine have been realised here in Australia, with medical experts confirming the death of a Central Coast woman is likely linked to the jab. A major medical investigation is underway tonight over whether a local man suffered blood clots as a result of getting the Pfizer vaccine. Australians are being urged not to jump to conclusions over the death of a woman from blood clots after receiving the COVID vaccine. Tonight, Seven News can reveal another similar death is also being investigated. Authorities in Norway are 
investigating the deaths of at least 33 elderly Norwegians who received Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. And the nation's medical regulator has revealed seven new cases of blood clots linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine. A Launceston family is pleading for help after their teenage daughter fell ill after receiving the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> Faith Ranson has been in and out of hospital and suffers almost daily ticks after experiencing what a leading doctor admits was an adverse reaction to the vaccine. It's estimated 79,000 people have suffered adverse reactions to vaccines. So <laughs> there are three, there are three, three. Pfizer's in there. Now, and th- those may have just been mistakes. Um, uh, th- the way I see it is the reason they can even do this. You will not hear any report like that. Tucker Carlson is the only one. He has some kind of uh, carte blanche for that. And even I haven't heard him talk much about stuff like this factual news report saying, hey, someone got a, a vaccine and, they, and now they got blood clots and they're sick. It's because they don't have any advertising for pharmaceuticals uh, on television in Australia. Right. That's the, you nailed the exact That's reason. That's the only reason why you're even hearing this. And wow, you know, people they, should If take they notes. ran that kind of story here, they'd be going on for hours. <laughs> um. Uh, now, no, in fact, that should be bad. I don't understand. Unfortunately, this, this is the things like, such as uh, uh, the health, uh, the laws that were changed by Nixon regarding uh, the health uh, corporations. Now they can make profits when they never used to be able to, and now it's ruined. The, the, wait, 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 wait. What is this? I don't know what this is about. You know, I, we mentioned this before we talked about it. It used to be illegal to have one of these managed health operations where you have a big, you know, like around here, we've got Sutter Health. Every other operation, they bought up all the hospitals, they bought up all the clinics, they, all the doctors work for them. Mm-hmm. And the only competition they have is Kaiser, right. which has got a, which has been around forever because they were always, they were pre, they predated the Nixon, Nixon changes, which says that, no, you can make, you can make a profit. You can be a corporation. So you get these companies making, you know, putting these big medical operations together and making billions of dollars for the, for the shareholders and causing the price of all goods and services to go up and gouging the government continually mm-hmm. with uh, extra testing and things that you don't need. So if that, but once that get got in place in done. the seventies, done, it's done. And once the advertising for drugs got in place in the, I don't know, that was in the eighties, I think uh, it was over because what they said, Holy crap, we can sell drugs for anything. And you know, we can get these net and meanwhile, the, Broadcasting guys are just sucking up the money and okay, well, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Is it? It's cor- that's corruption. Mm-hmm. And the, and here's the fun part. According to the McCullough report, these new vaccines haven't really been tested. Uh, as a brief update, uh, we are rounding <laughs> the last, uh, hopefully, the last wave of the BA five Omicron curve. We don't know what's going to happen in the fall. There's great expectations with multivalent vaccines that have been developed against uh, new variants as, res- as well as the original Wuhan spike protein. But the vaccines now have no clinical outcomes. There's no randomized trials showing that they do anything, oh. uh, that they're simply relying on immunobridging studies or the demonstration that antibodies are raised. And I can tell you, as a clinical trialist and as a clinical investigator, antibodies are not a sufficient surrogate of a therapeutic response to rely upon. So we have a great degree of uncertainty moving forward with the COVID-19 vaccine program. Oh, there you go. Great uncertainty because we're not testing it on anybody. 
No, why bother? Well, I'm going to get back. It's, yeah, I want to. I want to get back to the uh, clip about uh, AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's they're triggering if this if this was targeted, let's say by Moderna mark, marketing, it had to be somebody's behind it. Mm-hmm. Especially when the name AstraZeneca brand name, name keeps coming up over and over. Well, and over I'm, again. I'm just going to say it was Pfizer. I mean, they're the marketing guys. You know, Moderna. Yeah, is, Pfizer is the marketing guys. Yeah. But the fact that F- Pfizer was really doing its job, I don't see any reason why Pfizer should be mentioned. I, I thought the first mention of Pfizer was adequate because it said we think it was like a well, they're, they're looking into it kind of thing. But then the second two mentions of Pfizer were pretty confirming that it was causing blood clots. So I think that was a botch if, if it was Pfizer behind the whole thing. But Moderna is, like you said, is the company that wasn't mentioned. So I'd have to assume, although there's no evidence, at least that I know well, of, well, you know, again, I could be completely again, fooled. Ma- Moderna is the, is, is the company that was kind of set up with the Sevi, I think, or Gavi, whatever these Bill yeah, Gates things are. Yeah, it was set up as the, yeah. as the mRNA company. Yeah, yeah. so, the, uh, so the, that needs to be protected at all cost. Protect uh, the franchise. You know, AstraZeneca and these other companies that make these vaccines, there's other ones, uh, they they can't put up with this. Well, they're, they're being slammed. They yeah. could. They should just cut, you know, they should take their marketing people and go after the other guys if they're going to pull this too, crap. I think AstraZeneca is too small. And, and AstraZeneca actually had a lot more problems. I think they had more problems than the Pfizer. Well, you, you think... I think yes, I think. And you're saying that because you your proof that the pro- propaganda's work. It works. Yes, but I also followed I, this I very closely. I followed news reports. I follow it too, and I remember at the very opening, the onset in England. It was the Johnson. Was, yes, and then it was Johnson and Johnson was horrible. I mean, it's all marketing. I think that you know what? How about this? They all suck equally, but Pfizer is better at marketing. How about that? How about this? <laughs> They're all good at marketing, except Pfizer's best. Okay, we're going to give them credit for that. But they could fight back a little better than they're doing. They well, got people that aren't idiots. They need to hire the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. We could help, that's for sure. Now, but here's the concerning thing. So amidst all this update and bivalent vaccine. Bivalent, yeah. Bivalent vaccine. The German health minister, Karl Lauterbach, has announced that the nation's digital contact tracing and vaccine passport app, lovingly named Corona Von App, <laughs> the Von App, uh, will start assigning different colors to citizens based on whether they received citizens, citizens uh, whether they received a COVID nineteen vaccine within the last three months. So if you have the right color, which means you've had a vaccine, an update in the last three months, then you have all kind. you're freshly vaccinated. This is a quote from the guy, freshly vaccinated. You will be exempt from any mask requirement in public indoor spaces. Other citizens, <laughs> including yeah, those very who, German, Corona von app. Other citizens, including those who received multiple vaccines but had their last vaccine more than three months ago, will have to show proof of a recent recovery from COVID or a current negative test to get the exemption. And then there's two more colors. So this is, by the way, this is spot on China. China has green, yellow, red. And I think they only have three. Typical Germany, over-engineering everything. Um, 
So they are prepared. The Dutch people are reading this thing going like, holy crap, well, that's going to happen to us. Yes, this has always been the EU plan. Always. And, and, that, and the testing, I love the testing. You know, I, I, test, I used the home test kit twice the first time I had COVID. Didn't use it the last time. Who knows what I had? I don't care. I don't know if it's accurate, but it showed COVID. I will say I had two different test kits. The instructions were not great, and they're poorly manufactured. Is basically the Chinese the Chinese kits. I never used the Chinese. Well, they. Uh, I don't know which kit. No, it's no. They were from Abbott Labs, so they were not the Chinese kits. It but there were two two oh, different okay. versions, and they're just poorly constructed, like cardboard. You know, you fold it open and it comes with a little vial of liquid and then it has a tube with one swab and, you know, and they're just, they're not all as pretty as they look on television. You can't, I don't think you can even get the expensive ones with the plastic. No, it's all cardboard. Well, now it turns out that those instructions are indeed shit. Ohio poison control centers are sounding the alarm surrounding a liquid substance called sodium azide found in some at-home COVID testing kits that could be toxic to children as well as adults if used incorrectly. Our toxicology community has been both surprised that this was the ingredient in some of the kits and also concerned. We have seen exposures in all age groups. The Drug and Poison Information Center at Cincinnati Children's Hospital reports an increase in calls to their hotline related to accidental exposure to the substance. So far, nearly 40 exposures were reported there, and the problem is nationwide. We are one of 55 poison control centers, and nationwide other poison centers have been reporting a similar finding, and there have been more than a couple of hundred exposures nationwide to sodium azide and test kits. Doctors advise parents to keep the kids out of reach of children and when testing children for COVID at home to make sure they are supervised in order to avoid any adverse side effects from exposure. Experts say following instructions is key. Some adults actually end up using the potentially harmful substance to swab their nose because they didn't follow directions. Exactly. Let me tell you, it's easy to get confused with this horrible, horrible kit that's been thrown together by Abbott Labs or the Chinese. So some people, oh, I should probably stick it in there and then stick it in my nose. And then they get sick. <laughs> was, and how and, sick you'd get. And well, the people apparently got pretty sick from it. And it's like eating but, but, a Tide but, Pod. You know, it's dumb. Yeah, but this liquid, yeah. I don't remember any warnings about well, that. You probably, your kid probably didn't have it in there. Yeah. I don't know what the sodium yeah. azide. Well, apparently is, it's not uh, good. Well, it's the stuff that was used in airbags for a long time because <laughs> it forms, it, it can gasify instantly and just blow up an airbag. Oh, oh, um, oh really? Hmm. So, uh, hmm. I don't know if maybe you put it in your nose and then your lungs explode cartoon like and you <laughs> leave guts everywhere. Uh, uh, two, two brief things here um, on forced vaccinations. Actually, we were Lady Butters wrote in, and she said, "You know, we were talking about um, the amount of vaccines in the United States that children are given from birth, almost." And she tells a tale uh, about a friend of hers who gave birth to a new human resource a couple of weeks ago and wants only the most necessary vaccinations for her daughter, and she declined uh, the hepatitis B shot as her child was five days old, and the pediatrician wrote her up. 
and threatened to drop her baby as a patient if she kept resisting. Yeah, that's the kind of, well, you know what? That's a good, that's a good way to not have a doctor like that. Yeah, but I, th- I think a lot of doctors are like that, unfortunately. And uh, a redux, as we could have figured this one out, if you want to know how they're rolling out new vaccines, and in this case, I think it's, uh, or new vaccines, just any type of vaccination program, they're using the same playbook as they used for MMR and for COVID. We didn't catch it. We should have. A couple of people wrote in. Here's the clip that I'm talking about. This is about polio in New York City. U.S. health officials have confirmed the nation's first case of polio in nearly a decade in a suburb outside New York City. The New York State Health Department said Thursday a Rockland County resident was diagnosed with the disease after experiencing paralysis a month ago, but is no longer contagious. Testing by state health experts suggested the case stemmed from a strain of weakened virus used in oral polio vaccines overseas. The vaccines can sometimes cause a polio infection and have since been discontinued and replaced in the U.S. by inactivated vaccines, which only use dead germs from the disease. But local health officials say the infected resident wasn't vaccinated and exactly where or how he was exposed to the disease remains under investigation. Yeah, this is exactly the same thing. Inactivated and dead. No, no. This is about Rockland County, New York. This is where all the Orthodox and Hasidic Jews are. This is the same playbook they used for MMR. Remember, oh, we got a measles outbreak, which was a precursor to COVID, now that you look back on it. Oh, measles outbreak, outbreak, outbreak. Oh, oh, oh the Jews are not taking the shots. It's, oh, it's not good. Jews. And then we got the COVID. Oh, the Jews. Oh, they're out there partying. Can't do that. No, 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 no. They're using the same playbook. And it's going to work. It's going to work. Why wouldn't it if it worked before? Onward to monkey dog pox. Tonight, health officials saying an eighth child has now tested positive for monkey pox in the U.S. Because it's only men who have sex with men. The latest, a child well. under two years old in Harris County, Texas. A child, a young child in our community is a presumptive positive for the monkeypox virus. The case, a presumptive positive until officially confirmed by the CDC, which could take several days. The family has helped us initiate contact tracing with the folks that this child has been in contact with. The child has not been in a daycare or school setting, is doing well and expected to make a full recovery. This, as researchers in France are reporting a case of a dog developing monkeypox after being exposed by its owners, prompting the CDC to update its guidance, saying pets exposed to someone with monkeypox should stay home and away from other people and animals for 21 days after the most recent exposure. Those with monkeypox should also avoid contact with animals. So, this came up at the dinner table and it's like we all concluded. Somebody's fucking a dog. The actual quote is they were co they admitted they were co-sleeping with the dog, whatever that means. But oh, now dogs sleep in people's beds. I I refuse to have anything like that. Of happen. course, that's ridiculous. But NBC News amidst this report is now they have a new report out. This came out uh yesterday. Sex be- and this is NBC News. Sex between men, not skin contact is fueling monkeypox, new research suggests. The claim that skin-to-skin contact during sex between men, not intercourse itself, drives most monkeypox transmission 
and it's likely backward, a growing group of experts say. So this is a very long article, and they keep saying, we have studies, it's only when men are having sex, it's not skin to skin, and then somewhere near the bottom of it, you know, we can't wait to do more testing on this, but the headline is what does it all. What is going on? We have reports of children, of dogs, but yet NBC continues with a growing group of experts. No, no, it's only sex between men, not skin contact. What is going on? Is it an STD or not? Something's going on. Well, it's, it's, I don't know what's going on, but it's not, uh, it's not honest. That was all, well, gee, I don't want to. Well, you know what this result, this will only result in, no one wants to fuck men anymore. Since you used the F word, I figured I'd throw one out myself. Because it's just, all men are just horrible. That's one for you They're, and one for me. That's the only, only the only <laughs> humans who can get, the only people who get it are men, who have sexual contact with men. But yet, here's a baby and a child and a dog. Well, that begs the question. Yes, it does. I'd like some answers. Where's Hotep when you need him? Hotez. Hotez. <sighs> well. Okay. Um, I think we wore out that topic. Yeah. The only other thing I have is just since we're kind of talking about M5M and the pharmaceutical industry, there was a big uh, report, an official report, an official study that showed that antidepressants, particularly SSRIs, they they are based the the prescribing of them based on you having something wrong with your brain brain chemistry turns out to be a lie go figure now that's not to say they don't work for people but when you look at all the side effects you know you've got to question the efficacy but when they don't actually know how it works that's cause for concern to combat that i will just read a couple of headlines from some mainstream media and I don't want to interrupt you, but I think we've pu- ourselves, we have deconstructed this because we've noticed that we were used to run all those drug ads mm-hmm. and they'd always say, we think it works like this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We think it works like that. They don't know anything. They're just giving you this idea. If it works, it works. So now that the news is out there that, oh, wait, something's up with these, you know, and of course people aren't really informed, especially if you're on SSRIs, like, eh, that's fine. Um, So here's CBS. Antidepressants no better than placebo for about 85% of people. Researchers can't predict the 15% who benefit from antidepressants and other 85% are unnecessarily exposed to the harms of the drugs. But then we move on. This is, of course, a Republican plot. Ah. It is is the terrifying prospect of of a Republican war on antidepressants. Who is the psychiatrist behind the antidepressant study taking over right-wing media? So there you go. Now the big pharma companies are using using this tactic. Well, it seems to work with a good portion of the public. Probably the portion that uses SSRIs the most. Yes, the same portion. <laughs> if you use SSR, you're probably a Democrat. Maybe that's all these things are good for the SSRIs it's and make some of these other drugs to make you into a Democrat. Well, I think I think we can always that on our very show. Now the educational system is designed just to make you into a Democrat, and the drugs might be designed to make you into a Democrat. For all we know, the eh, the the MMRA or the mRNA vaccine might be designed to make into a Democrat or kill you. Well, we you've probably seen the research that 
administering more testosterone to people uh, makes them more prone to voting conservative. Yes. Men, yes. I think it was men. It was only men, though. So, yeah, I mean, and that makes, I mean, it's chemical warfare. <laughs> it's all chemical warfare. Our entire election. That's a good name system. for a book on the topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like, like that's going to happen. I'm going to put it on my list of books to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, wait, this me they get the list out. Eight, nine, ten. It would be number 11. <laughs> All right, let's do two more dumb pharma stories. Unless, these are short. These are very short. All right, tonight we're learning of a major crackdown on illegal prescription drugs. More than a dozen federal agents and sheriff deputies swarmed a pharmacy this morning in Miramar, Florida, near Miami. It's suspected of being a so-called pill mill for opioids, possibly the largest in the state. Pill mills have fueled the nation's opioid crisis. The pill mills, not the manufacturers who sent them to the pill mills. No, just the pill mills. Again, they're getting off scot-free. I think Johnson Johnson paid $25 billion. Yeah, I know. And not a, not a peep. You haven't heard a word about it. Well, we heard a yeah, word. Of a word, a word, sure. No, we, what we did is we got the Sackler family. They took the hit. They're yeah, the ones well, that took the hit. And, they weren't uh, giving enough to uh, Democratic causes. And this is the one that is so odd because uh, we talked about this. This was Elizabeth Warren who took tons of money from Bose to uh, get this bill, get this passed, get it into, I guess. Oh, yeah, I wanted to, that, I want to stop you here. Because I was, I didn't clip anything, but, but you, I figured you'd catch it anyway. I thought that your early, uh, you, you didn't prognosticate as much as you were just lecturing about the use of uh, audiologists and all this, because you have, you're the one, you're the expert. Just as I consider myself now the expert on cataracts, at least at the at the layman's level, mm-hmm. I consider you the expert on hearing on aids. ears, yeah, hearing aids. And when when this when this story developed, this the the, the batch of stories that came out just like a couple of days ago, uh, I said, ah, <laughs> Adam <laughs> should get some some. Uh, I'll give you some kudos for really being on top of this before any of it really developed to the point that it's now developed where it's now, hey, just go get a hearing and go buy one at the store at a five and dime. There's big news tonight for people who have trouble with their hearing. The FDA will make hearing aids available over the counter without a prescription as soon as mid-October. The agency estimates that could save consumers nearly $3,000 on a pair of hearing aids. About 30 million adults are believed to suffer from hearing loss. Yeah, so this was a total setup by Elizabeth Warren. And what's interesting is that now that this is finally passed, Bose has already pulled out of the market. They're not interested. They can't make money. They can't well, make the money. Well, you, you know what happens, right, in this situation, especially when you're smart enough to get the lobbying going to have this happen, is that the cheap producers in China yep. just walk all over you. That Bose should have already been established in China, and I know of no connection between Bose and China, to have this ready to go, but they dropped the ball thinking that they could do it here, and then they go, oh, whoop, boom. And that China, it's like a switch. You can flip it on, and you next thing you know, you got whatever you want by the ton right. load. Right. So the only thing, okay, I got to say, so you're not going to get... Your $4,000 hearing aids for $1,000 because of this bill. No, 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 no. You're going to get a subpar product. Do not fall for it. The reason why the, the real hearing aids, 
the, the modern hearing aids, the reason they're so expensive is this is this is real small technology. I have eight core of processing <laughs> power hanging off my ears. You know, you got battery management. There's a lot of, you also don't want to look like a dick, you know, so it has to be small. Um, people don't even know that I have hearing aids. So really. you, wait, hold on a second. So you say that someone with a big hearing aid, old fashioned hearing aid looks like a dick. I think that's, that's uh, ableist. Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally being ableist, and I do not want the geriatric brown thing hanging off my ear. So, you know, yes, I'm so sorry. The, the point is, these are modern hearing aids, and they're trying to push something on you that will not work to the same degree. I have 32 channels of compressor limiter. You're not going to get... <laughs> <laughs> Which I regulate myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a big bottom. <laughs> I got a huge big bottom on that sucker. Yeah, I I, comp- I live in in my sound all day long, and I love it. But but I'm I'm special. But for just to be able to hear <laughs> properly, you're not going to. It's going to be a waste of time. Find yourself an audiologist, and they will help you. And there are cheaper things. About two thousand dollars now at Costco, you will get something very comparable to three and a half or four thousand dollar of stuff that i'm talking about and i yeah, would and i would really have it, to cough up you, you can't be a poor no well, unless you no. have the right kind of insurance what about the insurance how's the insurance deal with this zero it's not insurable it's what no no what about medicare medicaid i'm not sure maybe not for your hearing aids i you know i don't think so uh you'd be surprised you'd be surprised it seems Look, to me people would I mean, the the people in charge who run the government really don't want you hearing too well. So I don't think they're incentivized. <laughs> well, that's the to point. Do any of this? It's well I, taken. I, yeah. I, okay, I, really, I can buy that. I really don't think that that's that's what they're in for. But it's um, it's misleading now, because Medicare people, Medicare does take care of cataract surgery. Eyes is different. I, I, there's uh, insurance doesn't cover. I'm not sure there may be something. That you get, but it's well. Uh, now you need to look. If you, this is your purview. You have to know uh, this. Someone else is going to tell me. I'm not going to look that up because if I look well, at Medicare, then I'm going to get start getting uh, offers for Medicare. I already got a- AARP. Do one search. AARP is like, here's the card. We put your name on. Look, we gave you bonuses. Please use the card. Take that card. Put it in your wallet. You don't need to join. Go to Hertz or those places that give you extra discounts for AARP. You pull that card out, which you've already got. Uh, it's in your here's, wallet. Yeah, here. Now, here's the problem. Because I, I, have, I have tried that, and they say, Mr. Curry, you're lying. You don't look that old. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that, huh? <laughs> so anyway, to finalize... These hearing aids will not be ones that you'll be satisfied with. And they make it sound like, oh, you don't have to spend $3,000. Now it's going to be cheaper. Yeah, because you're going to get the piece of shit, which is and it's like Silicon Valley companies jumped. All of them went out of business because it's, it's very hard to do. You can't do this just with sending beeps into your ear. I mean, you need, I mean, the test that you get for the hearing aids, they do bone induction, all kinds of stuff. It's, and it's lengthy. It takes about 45 minutes before they can really build a profile. Yeah, right. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wrap that. Yes. Good. Yes. All right. Right. You want to talk about the raid before we take a break? 
Well, we can talk about the raid. Let's take the I, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. Do I have anything on the raid that would that, or can be connected to the raid? Well, I kind of do. But no, let's take a break first. Well, with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, the man who put the C. Uh, what did you put the C in? You caught me flat-footed. <laughs> Trump compound. That's is, Okay, um, we'll edit this out. And with that, thank you very much for your courage. Say in the morning uh, to the man who put the C in the Trump compound. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. And I thought you had a list that you looked up, by the no, way. No, it's all, it's all, I usually write down C words as we're talking. And then all of a sudden you said, yeah, take the break. It would have been who put the C in Cheney. In the morning, you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, all the names and nights out there. And that's your, that's your Raven uh, announcer voice. Did you really? Yeah, it was your Raven announcer voice. All the names and nights. Raven. <laughs> it was? <laughs> yeah, you did, oh. totally did your, your, your stripper announcer voice. <laughs> Sorry. In the morning to the trolls in the troll room, trollroom.io. I hope you had a nice little rock and roll pre-show with Darren O. Two hours before the show starts, Darren is on, on the wheels of steel, on the silver stick, and he's so bringing know, it to you. Yes. Darren played a, 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 one of the worst songs he's ever managed to find. And he does that. He's, he's, it's one of his things. Was he played the, 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 an Ozzy and, Osbourne song that was just the worst piece of crap. I can't imagine. Wasn't it and Crazy Train? Played, I thought it was Crazy Train. Whatever it was, he should have apologized for it. For Crazy Train? Oh, it's just, it's, it's off key. I, th- I thought you were going to bitch about the ABBA song he played. That was the problem this morning. Uh, well, I may have <laughs> missed, missed the ABBA missed song. The ABBA song. <laughs> ABBA. Yeah. He, yeah. How does he do? Does he get an exemption or something? Does he have a special card? Hey, ABBA. I, ABBA's I in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, bro. Yeah. So there you go. Valid target. Okay. Well, is Ted Nugent in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I believe Ted Nugent refuses to be in the Rock and Roll. Hall no, of Fame. No, no, they refuse to to even nominate him. Because it's run by a bunch of lefties uh, out of Rolling Stone magazine. I thought, uh, who, 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 um, say, oh, Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren said he would not accept, would never go. Okay, well, I can believe that. I've met that. He used to be on Silicon Spin. We used to have him on the show. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's a very interesting. We'd go out and he'd be one of the guys we'd always go to the slow club with after the show huh. and chat with because he's fun to chat with. Uh, he's a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. And he, I, he, was, he was going on. I wish it was around now when he, after the, uh, what's his name? The, uh, uh, what's the guy who tried to do the high, high end, super high fidelity pot, you know. Uh, Neil, Neil, uh, Neil, 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 with his, uh, his, his high end, uh, and with his, oh, I'm pulling my music off Spotify because of Joe Rogan. That yeah, guy, that, that guy, Neil, yeah, Neil that, Young. Neil Young. So yeah. I wish he was around then because, because, uh, <laughs> Rudgren had a, a real negative attitude toward hi-fi. Oh, really? That's interesting. I didn't know that. It was re- it was noticeably negative. He really it just like, like tape tape compression and everything. He just liked the sound it, of that. It's not important as far as he's concerned. Mm. It's the music and it's the sound, it's the lyrics and la la la. But I always got a kick out of that. Anyway, onward. Sorry. Yes. No, it's okay. 
Oh, very interesting, actually. Uh, so trolls, uh, they were complaining about the ABBA song, uh, and you can uh, join them, for them and troll along live on Thursdays and Sundays, but really you might want to log in every single day because there's always a live show. If not, it's a, it's a podcast, No Agenda Stream. Uh, the troll room is there for anyone to jump in and troll around. And if you get one of the new podcast apps at newpodcastapps.com, uh, I think the one that does it best right now is Podverse. It will alert you. You'll get an actual burp when a show has gone live. Podverse. Podverse, yeah. That's People on the on the Nordgenda social keep saying, what is Adam's thing? He's got some one and he keeps plugging it all the time. I can't remember what it is. It must be Podverse. You know what I find interesting? Uh, um, I get probably still one email a day, but it was about three or four after we talked about the B-Link computer that you advised to me. Yes. I, the I had, B-Link I Nano posted, S. I yeah. posted three times on No Agenda Social, including a picture. But but here's, from, what, here's what gets me. People are like, yeah, you know, I was listening and I heard about that uh, laptop and that computer. What was that? And I'm like, are you so lazy that you cannot rewind? Rewind? Yeah. That's really interesting to me. Every day. Like, and you posted it three times and still. Uh, spe- well, we'll get to No Agenda Social. Actually, we should talk about No Agenda Social right now. So um, you pulled a funny on me and said, everybody try the password reset and email Adam. <laughs> so what was very interesting is I received probably 10, 15 emails that all went the same. Hey, man, Dvorak was right. I, I can't retrieve my password. And then I'll say, well, when's the last time you logged in? Not long ago. All right. <laughs> Screw you. Everyone had, everyone had not logged in for over a year. They got purged. They heard us talking about it. And then they go quickly and then they, they lie to me. You liars. Like, oh, no, man, I just logged in this morning. No, you didn't seems to work fine for people who are not liars anyway we're going to open it up again uh we've purged we've purged people so if you were purged you can start a new account and log in more often people just using that login that valuable login as a trinket to just have around you need to be active and yet when you get on and some of you will now, you can follow Adam at noagendasocial.com or John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com, and you will learn what B-Link computer we advise. <laughs> and, I, and you're soaking in it right now. I love the B-Link computer. I, although the USB bus does have a li- it's a little weak on power. Because, you know, I, I have oh, to, yeah. I got to string yeah. a lot of stuff in there, and then and so I had to get Oh, a, you have to get, no, you have to get a. Powered, uh, powered USB. A powered yeah. USB extension, yeah. I got that. I got that. Once you get that, everything's good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was just like, oh man, it doesn't quite doesn't quite do it. Got to get. Well, the power. I, I had the same thing with, and it has a lot more power, which is the NUC, which is what I use on the my podcasting device. And I got it. You know, you could, you have to get a, a you know, the extension, the USB extension, or the, whatever it's called. It's a little like a little it looks like a little router, but. It's got to be powered so you can get some juice out of it. Yeah. Power to the juice. So plugs in the wall. Yes, indeed. Um, thank you to Sir Paul Couture, artist number one on the generator. Uh, we chose his art for episode 1477, titled That Hunger Stones. Very appropriate. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and there were a number. So the we also know that he'll take down the generator if we don't pick his art. Well, of course, <laughs> this, this is how it works. Like, hey, we love your art, Paul. <laughs> <coughs> no, actually, the reason why we liked it, there were a lot. The the artist got super motivated over whatever joke we made about Melania's panties. Uh, yes, they got all jacked up, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> let's do panty art." The guys will love panty art. I would say ninety nine percent of all the panty art. No, we would never choose that. No, and it's interesting. Everyone thinks Melania wears red panties, and and most of them are rather big. But well, they're all stongs. <laughs> so this is a, an FBI agent, apparently, with an FBI T-shirt that says, I raided Mar-a-Lago and all I got was these. And then you see uh, some panties. The panties. But we also really liked the No Agenda logo that he had done, that he'd put on top. It was completely different. It jumped right out. It was nice. Yes, this was a new idea. In okay. fact, that new idea was, imp- yes, was, it was an overlay. It was just a dynamite logo, I have to say. It was and in very fact, that's, good, yeah. I think, the main, the piece is just, it's, it's dimensional. Mm-hmm. It, in dimensional. kind of an old-fashioned, it's very dimensional. Way. Yeah, very dimensional. It, dimensional. Um, let's see, we had a number of people uh, jump in on the high-quality mask gag. Uh, Highqualitymask.com, uh, now forward to noagendashow.com. We're, we're waiting for the shop to put the high-quality mask in for sale, and then we'll uh, redirect it there. <laughs> um what else was good here so yeah we just had a number of panties a lot of panties <laughs> uh what else did we have um another high quality oh we had the i like the hunger stones cesium yeah, 137 yeah you, actually you like the hunger stones a lot you uh, i think that was your first pick yeah that was my first my initial pick yeah um yeah no i, th- I think I, yeah no I think we picked the right one. I think we did. I think we, we nailed it with that. And so did Sir Paul Couture. It was just, it was really good. And especially how that stuff just blasted off the page. I loved it. I loved it. It was really nice. Um, so we thank you, Sir Paul Couture. But really, we want to thank all of the artists who give us l- lots of reasons to laugh and chuckle together right after the show and you can do it too i mean already people are uploading art for this episode uh hearing aids in, <laughs> and brian stelter all uh, all on top i don't know go ahead people go to noagendaartgenerator.com that's where you can play along during the live stream or just go back and look and many of these uh pieces of art show up over at noagendashop.com as t-shirts hoodies uh, all kinds of beautiful things that you can support the show with support the artist with uh, and uh, and look cool, look cool at school. Noagendaartgenerator.com. Now let us thank our executive and, and associate executive producers for episode fourteen seventy eight. Our show was value for value. Uh, we oh you know what I need to I need to play this. I need to play this to tell you where the world is going and why it's only going to get more difficult for. Um, podcast to uh, exist. Well, your iPhone could soon come with a new addition, more ads. Bloomberg is reporting that Apple oh, plans God. to add more ads to the apps that come pre-installed on iPhones and iPads. The tech giant reportedly recently tested ads in Apple Maps and could add them to podcasts and books as well. So I play this just to show you the power that Apple could have if they just wanted to add ads to stuff. I'll also say I read the original Bloomberg piece, and this is bullshit. 
The guy himself, the reporter said, you know, they could even do it on podcast. No one from Apple said that. But they could do it on podcast. So we can't have that. Um, we are not brand safe. We, are, uh, we do not represent uh, the safety that a brand wants. Quite honestly, this show could not have... I have a great throwback clip to just before this show started, 2007, coming up. This would never have happened. We would, we would not be here 15 years later with uh, a, a stable of producers 10 to 100 times the size of an entire of Brian Stelter's entire existence. It was so much bigger. And we have boots on the ground. It's all part of the time, talent, and treasure that makes this work. And October 26th, I think we'll be celebrating 15 years, right around our uh, episode 1500, because of you, because of the producers who make this happen. And we'd like to honor those who support us with the treasure, just like Hollywood, by giving him these executive producer or associate executive uh, producer titles, which are extremely real and useful. And we kick it off with Sir Anonymous of Dogpatch and Lois Lobovia, who uh, comes in once a month, always with a, an amount that we cannot decipher. Uh, today it is 11.02. And uh, he has a very short note this time. Thank you to all producers for your continuing support and providing outstanding art, content and clips and notes, and supporting the independent value offered. Given my travel schedule, dot 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 and then he posts that's this huge musical note the 32nd note to be exact was it a third thank you it was a but we don't know what note because it wasn't on the scale right it was a a lone 32nd note uh in high and and large big very large taking up most of the page so so he is now that's code it is totally code and i'm pissed we can't we have never figured out his code i hope we're not supposed to do something important well, like, the thing, well, we're, he's got the wrong guys because we're not doing anything. So, uh, well, we question it every time. Like, I wonder. No, I guess not. Yeah. So, I looked at this. Now, this is this once a month thing usually comes in the last week. Yeah. Usually around the uh, last three or four days of the month. This is in the, this is long before that. It's, it seems to me, and this is not what his normal donation is. It's, a, it's, no, it's normal a couple of years ago, but it's lower than usual. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm going to be gone for a while donation. So I'm going to come in a little early. I'm going to oh. show you a 32nd note. Uh-huh. So I may be gone for 32 something, 32 day. I may, so he's, I don't think we'll hear from him for at least a month or maybe longer. Huh? I hope he's okay. He's not. Oh, he'll be okay. He's, he's always not, okay. Maybe but. he's on the lamb. We're, I don't think so. He's, he's, he's he may be a caterpillar salesman for all I know, but yeah, uh, he's highly, always un- under- highly unlikely. Well, it's a possibility. They it always have to travel. Well, we really appreciate you supporting us, uh, Seronymous of Dogpatch and Lower Slobovia. That's um, all I can say is that I'd love to buy you a beer, brother. One day, somewhere, would be nice. Thank you. Brett pa- Popish comes in from Westminster, Colorado, with $1,000. And he's uh, got a, some blue. ITM gents, it's been a year since my last donation. And last year, I failed to get my knighting. So this time around, I would like to be known as Sir Bebop, Bebop of the commie state of Colorado. Right on. That's what it is. 
keep up the good work. No jingles, no karma. Get on with the show. Well, thank you for that nice note. Hey, I made a huge mistake because I got all, I, I set myself up and I, I screwed it up. I forgot to count the trolls. Well, they're not going anywhere. Joel count. <laughs> and they didn't, they weren't really messaging me about it. In 17, they don't want to know. 1797. Low. Low, that's why. Probably fake trolls. Fake trolls. <laughs> uh, next up, Thomas Pears from Sao Paulo, Paulo, Brazil. How many times have we received a donation from Brazil? I don't think very often. I think rarely. 567.89, a great number, a long note. Yes, this note from Sao Paulo is way too long. In the morning, I'm reading The Fourth Turning in American Prophecy by Howen Strauss, published in 1996, and so far extremely accurate in its prediction of the fourth turning or crisis period they said would start in the mid-2000s and last for one generation of 20 to 25 years. I, in fact, brought this very same fourth turning up on this show, and my co-host John C. Dvorak poo-pooed it. Possible. The authors argue that society does not allow, does not follow a linear progression, but rather a cyclical one. And in one chapter, they discuss how technological developments are adapted and used differently depending on which one of the fourth generational turning society is currently in. And he says, the quote below prompted me to donate. Okay, we'll, well do that's that. That's a plus. Here we go. <laughs> so let's find out what the quote was. The linearist view of technology fails to appreciate the dangers a new turning can bring. Microsoft founder Bill Gates is now predicting that everyone will soon tune into a world of unlimited options via high-tech portable devices. What he nowhere mentions is that by merely reversing a few circuits, the same technology could empower a central authority to monitor what every individual is doing. Consider a few other technologies Americans have recently associated with individual choice birth control and genetic testing, mm -hmm, and imagine a similar shift for them. Well, that's pretty deep. While few Americans want to revisit the forced sterilization and eugenics vogue of the 1930s, we would be imprudent to declare that a higher-tech America will never lurch in that direction. Ah! I'm I'm with you. I'm wrong. (laughs) What wrong? They're going in a eugenics direction. They're self they're doing it self they're self mutilating to do it yep they are self mutilating um the biggest thing on tiktok now is uh, i got a vasectomy for my girl yep it's very it's it's viral that's yeah, beautiful it's huge it's huge Um, Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Recalling the episode 1476 story of the Apple Watch apparently saving a woman for cancer or stroke, I think the message, whether native ad or simply PSYOP, is these devices are not just for emergencies. Ooh, this is, this. now I think about it. These are for a diagnosis as well. How about this? Your Apple Watch could give you the heart problem. If you're talking about reversing the technology, I, I, that's what that's what I'm expecting to read. No, no, you're all not. Right. You're not safe until all your info is uploaded for them to analyze and help recommend treatment. Same thing can be claimed for the genetic analysis and therapy. Of course, the whole database will be backdoored to the government. But don't worry, they're the good guys. Well, I think you have uh, captured the essence of this show very well, Thomas. Can you please play Kamala? We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been seen, followed by two to the head. 
I imagine this pompous horseshit to be the cons- consolation they give you after your bloodline has been determined to be unfit for the next generation. All right. Uh, cheers from Thomas. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. <laughs> there you go. Done. Yikes. Okay, we go to Kyle Allen in Bandera, Texas. A lo- another long note, uh, 36525. By the way, that last note was very entertaining. So yeah. that's an ex- If it's entertaining, it's, it's great. We like it. I just donated uh, 36525 days in a year to your show from my band, The $50 Dynasty. Mm, okay. It's a, te- it's a Texas band. Hell yeah. The $50 Dynasty. We're out here in Texas right now. We're going to talk to you. Hello, Fort Worth. <laughs> This note for the show should be in the PayPal donation, but I wanted to write you personally to connect the dots. I have a band, $50 Dynasty. Uh, Yeah, there you go. There you go. I have a podcast, Brothers of the Serpent. I'm a vineyard grower and winemaker in the Texas Hill Country. All right. Turtle Creek Vineyard. Turtle Creek olives and vines. Come visit anytime. I'll hook you up. Okay. So you have to go there for your other show. I'm going to look right now. Turtle Creek. And get some uh, olive oil. I'm going to get me some get turtle. Some olive oil. I'm going to get a hold of him. He's going to have to send me some olive oil. I'm going to get some, uh, some turtles. <coughs> the podcast is with my brother, Russ. We discuss ancient sites, history, mysteries, and human origins. We started about six years ago using the value for value model. It's been successful beyond our dreams. And we huh. are now traveling the world every year, talk, taking groups of our listeners on tours of ancient sites and geological sites. That's nice. Yeah. It's been an amazing adventure. After the success of the podcast, I decided to release the band's latest album, Procession, under the value for value model. And it has done better financially than anything we've ever sold in the traditional way. Huh. Amazing. <laughs> we're building a better, more direct connection to with our, and by the way, we're doing, Adam and I are doing a book on it. Let me see. It's on the list. <laughs> It's uh, number eight. Yeah, it's number eight. That's right. Number eight. I was a band wow. fan <laughs> and a 20-year listener of Rush Limbaugh, his premium podcast with no commercials, and felt like I knew him like a brother. When he passed away, I felt the void, but the No Agenda show has now filled that void. So thank you for that. That, in my opinion, is a high compliment. You and John are very different in your style than Rush. Hope so. Yeah. But I have learned to appreciate your unique and hilarious way of <laughs> reporting and bringing us the news of the week. Your perspective coming from the entertainment and media industry are very entertaining. Keep up the good work, boys. Oh, thank you. Uh, sincerely, Kyle. Thank you very much, Kyle. Um, I just looked, so the, he's, he is indeed, uh, Turtle Creek is in the Hill Country. It's near Kerrville, though, which is like, ah, you know, that's where MS-13 is. So, you know, we're a little concerned about it. It's also where I got COVID the first time. We have to go visit. Definitely. It's a big place. Do they have olive oil? (laughs) Yes, I believe they have olive oil. I'll go get some olive oil for sure. I'll have them send me some direct. (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe you can send me a bottle of wine too. It's doable. Um, Caton Clifford says, hey, this is a switcheroo for Craig Clifford. So we will make that change right away. I'll do it all uppercase just the way you did it. Uh, okay, for Craig, Craig, this is for Craig. Uh, ITM comrades, John and Adam, what a better way is there to celebrate my father's Bedian 61st trip around the sun? 
Well, the value for value model will suggest an executive producership for the No Agenda show. So please credit Craig Clifford of Communist Canada with this honor. Also, we only ask for a dedouching for him, his wife slash mother Kathy, and comrades Caton and Michelle. Well, we'll do all of that then. Hold on a second. Where's my uh, dedouching juice? Where's the juice? You've been dedouched. All right. And says, but do not comply. Thank you for your courage. Jingles, you will obey. Pigs in human clothing and some goat karma. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. Fear is freedom. Subjugation is liberation. Contradiction is truth. Those are the facts of this world. And you will all surrender to them. You pigs in human clothing. You've got karma. <laughs> Mark Hardwick's next, and he's in uh, Alido, Texas. It's Texas Day, 333.34. And he says, ITM, short note. Thank you. Uh, please call out Meredith as a douchebag. Douchebag. And give a little goat karma. You've got <laughs> karma. Kevin Piercy is in Clovis, California with 333.33, our favorite executive producer number. I've been listening since Adam's second appearance on the Joe Ray Rogan experience. And I'm finally no longer a douchebag. I am asking for health karma for my older brother, Eric. In 2010, my older brother, Brian, was killed in Afghanistan. Huh. Tragedy struck my family again earlier this year on Memorial Day when my older brother, Eric, twin of the brother who died, was swimming with his family he slipped while getting into the pool and hit his head on the bottom, instantly rendering him a quadriplegic. Oh, dude. This is a day wrecker. The worst. <laughs> By the way, this is a sad note. It's a very sad note. He then underwent life-saving surgery on his spine 12 years to the day that our brother died. His surgery went well, but scar tissue is now forming on his spine, which is severely hindering his recovery. It is imperative that he get high-quality physical therapy in the next few months as the window for recovery is apparently swiftly closing. Eric was the sole provider for his wife and their blended family of nine children. He's facing high expenses for his immediate medical and long-term care needs, including a wheelchair-accessible vehicle, adaptive equipment, home modifications, and high transportation costs. Eric's medical insurance will not cover all of his essential costs, nor will disability insurance come anywhere near covering the expenses caused by this accident. Uh, we're asking for donations, which could be sent to our GoFundMe, and I will link that in the show notes. I'm really sorry to hear that, ma'am. That, that really yes, sucks. Yes, it should be linked. That sucks. Uh, Matthew Vandermeer uh, is up from Denton, another Texan, Denton, Texas, 33333. There's no note from him, so I'll go on and jump to... Uh, Wait, he needs, he needs a double karma. Oh, yes, double karma, sorry. You've got... Double up! Karma. I will uh, read this one, which is Stamatina, Stamatina Hunter, and she's in Oklahoma City. OKC33333. First time donating to the show, I started listening two years ago when Saddle Tramp Dame of the Casual Listeners <laughs> hit me in the mouth. Yay! <laughs> Good for her. I figured it was time to donate my 33rd birthday following on show day, 818. How about Love that? what you guys do. You're on the list. Yeah, totally. Nice to have you here. Anonymous is in Los Angeles, California, 333.33. Uh, dear two old dudes, I'll keep this short. Thanks, because we can't focus that long. JCD, you have a very pleasant laugh. 
and I have come to think of you as John Chuckle Dvorak. And yeah, Adam, the C chance for chuckle. And he says, Adam, don't be so flippant, man. Okay. Throwing the whoopee go. on me. Dvorak the fan. All yes. Right. Right. Who, who has to remain anonymous so they won't get accosted <laughs> on the street, obviously. <laughs> Jeremy Lees is next. Actually, why don't you take the next one? Oh, um, okay. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Lees. Lees from Cheyenne, uh, Wyoming, 333. In the morning, gents, general request, boogity, 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 smoking hot wife, oh my God, can you see that juice? And anniversary uh, goat karma. Okay, we can do all of that. Uh, thank you, Adam and John, for the continued media de- deconstruction while sitting in an almost empty movie theater watching Top Gun Maverick the number 33 appeared on the screen. <laughs> this, along with other instances, convinced me that I needed to take action. I hit my wife in the face around two years ago. Before I was listening to the show, I just was angry at her. And she... Kidding. And she remains a douchebag. Please de-douche her! You've been de-douched. As of the airing of this show, we will be celebrating 15 years together, our 15th wedding anniversary on August 18th, 15 years, and they never had a fight. Please credit this donation to Brandy, mother of our two human resources. Okay, it's a switcheroo. Brandy, mother of our two human resources, an amazing bride of 15 years, and the karma is for many, many more. Oh, isn't that nice? Okay, so now I need to get the uh, boogity. This is why I hope that you weren't going to give that one to me. Here we go. And what was the other one? <laughs> oh, the damn juice. Juice. Yeah. Uh, somehow I missed these on prep. Oh, my gosh. Can you see that juice? And the goat karma. That I got. You've for. got. Karma. I just wish that woman would come back on the air. She was on, I think, she home shopping or which one? Oh, the oh, from the the. Can you the see juice that juice? Woman. Do you yeah. still check in with QVC to see if she's on? Oh yeah, always, yeah, yeah. I buy stuff <laughs> yeah, on these I'll networks. Bet. I'll bet. It's a lot of good stuff. Of good deals. <laughs> <laughs> Most recently, I bought this ice cream maker that Did, is made by Ninja. Really, you picked up on that item. Did you call in well, later the, to tell them how the much you liked it? No, they, they don't do that as much as they used to. Oh, oh I thought that years was Years and years and years ago, they used to have one. I can't remember her name, but she was famous. She was one of the most famous people on Home Shopping Network, and she'd take a lot of calls. The brunette. Call the brunette. Oh, my goodness. She, she yeah, had she kind she of was. a long she, head. She had a long she, head. She had long hair, too, and she was, a, she was very personable, and she loved chatting on the phone. Anyway, now, was it QVC or Shopping Channel? I think it was Shopping Network. She was on this shopping. QVC came later. Okay. Sir Caleb's Lavender Blossom's up. Yay. And he's in Northville, uh, Michigan. And he says, howdy, folks. Hey, Adam. Try my solve on Phoebe's dry spots and nipples. Oh, Phoebe. Who's Phoebe? Phoebe. Oh, the dog. Phoebe is the dog. It's, it's oh, that's gross. We I, it can't hurt because it's awesome for everything and everyone. Dogs are people too. Cheers, Sir Cal of Lavender Blossoms. What well, is his website? I keep forgetting it. Lavenderblossoms.org. Cal, we're no. going to try that. 
What a great okay. idea! Her 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 crusty nipples are okay now. It's just oh, the- I don't. It, this is make grossing me out. <laughs> it's a dog. It's a dog, man. Crusty nipples. That's my that's, that's the name for the show title. Crusty <laughs> nipples. That's my that's my band name. What are you talking about? Hey, everybody, crusty nipples will be here all week. <laughs> crusty. Uh, I think uh, that may have already been used on the show. I'll have to check. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Sir Cal. I'll give it a shot. Leanne Webb is in Riverside, California, to 1954, Associate Executive Producer. In the morning, gentlemen, let me say by saying, no matter how hard I tried to change the amount on the donation page, I kept switching it to 21954. <laughs> really? That's weird. <laughs> That's a weird one. But that will work. No, this is what you're giving. <laughs> really? That's not value for value. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Uh, but, that, value. but that will work since it's just the two of us in the house now. My handsome honey's birthday is the 19th and he was born in 1954. I'm quite sure this is too long. I hope it doesn't make John upset, but I could write an epistle about my giant of a man's man. Please give the donation credit to Steve Webb, the OG Godcaster. And let's celebrate Steve, the OG Godcaster. He is my Prince Charming and Knight in Shining Armor. I do not deserve this wonderful man. He is truly the greatest gift on earth given to me by God. We are approaching our 33rd anniversary, and while we have had a couple of disagreements, they were few and far between. He is my best friend, and I fall deeper in love with him every day. Steve has been a wonderful... She probably cheated on him, man. This is really big. This is really going overboard. Steve has been a wonderful... <laughs> Kidding, Leanne. Hey. Uh, I know them. I know she them. didn't do anything. Steve has been a wonderful husband, father, and devoted servant of Jesus Christ. He's a steadfast and beautiful man of God. Steve is... A, yes, this I knew. Steve is about to finish his 12th season of the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, where he reads the Bible through in a year and gives commentary and more. He's been podcasting for 17 years. Thank you for the value for value system you have spread. Steve has gotten more interaction this year than ever before with this system. Thank you. It's been a blessing. I love you, Steve. I pray this will be your best trip around the sun. I am delightfully addicted and devoted to you. Your lovely lady forever. Holy crap. Is that a love letter or what? Is that beautiful? Yeah, but why is it on our show? (laughs) Jingles, please. Respect by Al Sharpton because Steve deserves all the respect in the world. Blessings, Leanne Webb. Getting lunch at Chipotle. The tortoise in the race. Kim Kardashian, Siganoi Weaver. Rush. R E S P I C T. They're all jitty. R E S P I C T. There's no real conflict. Resist. We much. Resist. We much. We must. And we will much about that be committed. Bam! All right. Christy Christy Jensen's up next. She's in Huntington Beach. Surf's up. (laughs) Uh, California 20818. Hi, guys. Hi. Show day on my birthday. How special is that? Send me some karma, comrades. Also requesting Climate Gate jingle. We haven't played that for a while. Yeah. Because I need that stuck in my head all day. <laughs> Here's some Huntington Beach. All right. Happy birthday. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. <laughs> 
you've got karma. Baroness Monica, Drayton Valley, Alberta, Scandinavia, 202.02, always the fun palindrome. It's been a while, gents. Just wanted to show my appreciation for having such a great resource as this show. Baroness Monica. Thank you, Baroness Monica. Just fulfilling her Baroness-like duties. Supporting the show. We're going to wrap it with Anonymous in West Monroe, uh, Louisiana, $200. Please keep my actual name anonymous. Future Knight, Sir Truck Spank. (laughs) De-douching is in order. (laughs) You've been de-douched. Anything Reverend Al should suffice. The GOP infighting is escalating. (laughs) Political says Democrats are outright jitty. Happy to watch the GOP implode. There you go. And did he want some? We'll give him some karma. He's good to go. You've got karma. People need karma from time to time. He's in Monroe, Louisiana. Everybody needs karma. (laughs) Thank you all for your support of the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. Fact. Uh, episode one, 1,100 and 1,478 closing in on 1,515 years of the value for value model working. Don't tell us it doesn't. And if you'd like to become uh, a producer of the show, if you'd like to find out more, there is a special website that even your children can remember because they'll sing the jingle. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Remember, these titles are real. Associate and executive producer of episode 1478. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, Slade. Shut up, Slade. All right, let's go to the raid. You've got clips. To the raid, to the raid, to the raid we go. Uh, why don't you kick us off? I have no raid clips. You have no raid clips? Oh, I've on. got stuff about DeSantis that's down well, there. That's going on down there. And yeah, I we'll, it's we'll, funny. we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Um, I think the main thing, well, there's two things, three things. No, I do have three clips. Well, wait, okay. wait, I got, I got, let me play this. No, no, this is, I got, t- is it about the raid? If it's not about the raid, it's not, I, it's, it's not I, on. It's not on. If it's not it, about the raid, it's got to be about the raid. It's kind of about the raid. Okay, go on, play this. It's about the raid. And the search at Mar-a-Lago is raising new questions about Trump's legal peril. The documents peril. reveal Trump is under investigation for obstruction of justice, a much more serious charge compared to the violating the Espionage Act. The one that's being talked about most is this Espionage Act, because it has the word espionage in it. But the truth is that when it comes to potential criminal sentences, uh, the obstruction of justice statute is the one with the most potential prison time. There you're talking about up to 20 years behind bars. So these are not sort of minor crimes we're talking about here. We're talking about the potential for serious felonies with regard to all three of the crimes being investigated. Experts no. obdru- obstruction of justice statute could apply if the documents were relevant to an investigation. Um, so, I love the media on this. Uh, I, I love how everyone's looking at, no one really knows anything. Someone might know something, but we haven't seen enough to really know. But Pod Save America, which um, is still very popular. You know, they do a live show on the road. They go on the road with six people, and they, they were in Nashville recently. 
and yeah. and they sit on a big you know big circle and none of these dudes have socks on which i what yeah they all have either loafers or sneakers and no socks and and i said to, <laughs> i said exactly hey, welcome to the 70s i said to tina i said what is this she says that's really modern uh okay in the 70s it looks douchey I said, no that's it's, it's, she says men get married in um in their you know like their wedding suit with high water so you know the pants don't go all the way down with no socks yes i will claim i'm an old dude now i really just i don't like this look it looks kind of well, I, I don't like the smell of the shoes afterwards either <laughs> isn't that the main reason for socks you get cold feet yeah, or it's just sweaty to keep feet? everything from stinking i am and it's absorbent that's what the cotton's for so they play this game called okay stop which is pretty much stolen from us because that's all we do is we play clips and you and i stop them when we have something to say so they stole that from us poorly because they only play one clip we play we play 50 50 suck it sockless boys um but they but they latched onto something as you know and i have to say they played a whole, their their okay stop segment where they, they play the video and then anyone uh, on this panel of sockless uh, soy boys can say okay stop and then you can talk about it. Uh, and and some of them are pretty good joke writers actually. They do have some good gags. And when they're playing Sean Hannity and Frau Ingraham, I have to say they get a laugh out of that crowd the way we get a laugh out of making fun of MSNBC and NBC and CBS and all these people. So it's, it's actually pretty entertaining, but in this particular one, they go off on, you know, the idiocy of Sean Hannity, but they talk about the Macron, uh, documents that you brought up that has been constantly, uh, just a little message throughout all the reporting is like well nuclear secrets and blah and this and operation hurricane crossfire and and then something on macron and they pick up on and here's their take on it let's roll it the fbi is blatantly targeting our fellow americans for their political beliefs the bureau's reputation has been shattered if you listen to my radio show watch this show you know my love of law enforcement it is now pretty much been utterly destroyed (laughs) this is the best thing I've ever, ever. This is the closest he's ever been to feeling black in his entire life. It's crazy. And what a fragile love it was. <laughs> it's so funny. Sean does have a point. Uh, Trump was targeted for his beliefs. His beliefs that he could show visiting businessmen facts he learned about Macron. Sex facts. <laughs> he wanted to show people who were visiting sex facts about Macron. And he was going to do it. The, f- the French president. Don't forget the nuclear secrets. And the nuclear secrets. What do you think? Sex facts about Macron? Or the fact unlikely. That, or the fact that he was a Rockefeller banker and was a made man before he got to his seat. Maybe that has something to do with it. Are they running interference or are they just making a funny show? 
they're just making a funny show. They don't know what they're, you know, okay. they're just doing what they do. They don't have any real deep thoughts. It's obvious, you can tell. Oh, no, no. With that audience, you don't need any deep thoughts. You can get wow, a laugh. Those people are like for just playing I a know. part of a clip. I know, it's great. Here's um, here's someone who's funny without intending to be funny. Jeff Begay's over there at CBS. After the okay. search Mar-a-Lago, prosecutors say Adam B's threats against law enforcement accelerated. While posting on Gab, the far-right social media site, Bees warned FBI employees, you've declared war on us, and now it's open season on you. He's been charged with one count of threatening law enforcement. Federal, state, and local law enforcement are not taking any chances. As more security barricades are going up, the Joint Intelligence Bulletin issued Friday contains ominous warnings about ominous. potential threats against federal officials and facilities, including a threat to place a so-called dirty bomb in front of FBI headquarters, and notes that there are online calls for civil war and armed rebellion. Themes which are now flooding social media. Yeah. I've seen what happened to Trump. Yeah, it's go time. Investigators say last week's search of the former what? president's residence and Mr. Trump's statement confirming the FBI operation is fueling some of the anger. The former president's use of the words under siege, raided, and occupied have been analyzed for their impact. Analyzed for their impact. So this this is kind of interesting. This is a they're trying to flip the script a bit on um, on Trump, and and you know, they have uh, oh they got fencing going up in D.C. Oh the FBI is very worried, apparently. Um, but I have to say, when you hear like a little snippet from social media, it's go time. I have read and seen hundreds of these. We're not going to take this. And you know what? They're all full of shit. These are all little keyboard warriors. No one's going to do anything. Seriously. I think that they're plants. I don't even believe that they're keyboard warriors. They're all FBI guys as far as I'm concerned. Well, there's that. Well, and, and maybe they will try and kick something off, you know. Anything anything to get those horrible I mean, the, the, Republicans. The Whitmer <laughs> kidnapping plot yeah, yeah. which is debunked and <laughs> torn great. apart because it was all fbi guys all fake is <laughs> basically the i'm sorry <clears throat> the model for doing this sort of thing in the fbi six-week cycle and the rest of it um right right but so okay so, so i don't know well no so there's no civil war coming nothing like that is yeah, gonna happen two things there's no civil war coming no. a no and there's and the de, de, defunding the FBI is never going to happen. If, who even came up with this? I don't know. They laugh. They come up with them, blame it on somebody else. That's what you want. Defunding the FBI. Uh, here's Trump, the obstructionist. And the search at Mar-a-Lago is raising new questions about Trump's legal peril. The documents reveal Trump is under investigation for obstruction of justice, a much more serious charge compared to the violating the Espionage Act. Oh. The one that's being talked about most is this Espionage Act, because it has the word espionage in it. But the truth is that when it comes to potential criminal sentences, uh, the obstruction of Did justice... Did you play this statute- already? Did I play this? I might have played it. I, I think so. Okay. Well, then let me move on to uh, to the cohorts. Giuliani, Giuliani is being swept Oh, Giuliani. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is great. The other major headline tonight involving a very close supporter of the former president. ABC News has learned tonight that Rudy Giuliani has been informed... Oh, yeah. That he is, in fact, a target in a criminal probe target. into alleged efforts to overturn the election results in Georgia. Let's get right to our chief White House correspondent, Cecilia Vega, with us from Washington as well tonight. And Cecilia, what have you learned? 
Well, David, this investigation into whether former President Trump and his allies tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election there in Georgia really appears to be ramping up tonight. Giuliani's lawyer telling us today that he is a target in this ongoing probe. Giuliani, of course, was former President Trump's personal lawyer, and he spread widespread conspiracy theories about ballot counting in Georgia, where, of course, you're going to remember that a probe is not an investigation, is it? Are they saying probe with, with purpose here? Probe? Because a probe is not the same, I don't think. I think the words can be used interchangeably in a news report. Okay. Counting in Georgia, where, of course, you're going to remember, that's when former President Trump said that he wanted to find some 12,000 votes in that state. That, of course, was the amount of votes that Joe Biden won Georgia by. Giuliani is now set to testify before a special grand jury, though he is expected to claim attorney-client privileges when this happens on Wednesday if he is asked about Donald Trump. But, David, listen to this tonight. Another Trump ally, Lindsey Graham, ordered to testify before that same grand jury. Investigators want to hear from the South Carolina senator about calls that he made to Georgia elections officials. Tonight, David Graham's office says he does plan to appeal this decision. Yeah, okay. So we still don't really know what the documents are. I I was watching a video, a YouTube video from C-SPAN actually yesterday from 2000. And it was about, uh, it was, I think it's kind of a famous journalist who found uh, the entire Operation Paperclip files. And this was after World War II when um, uh, the U.S. decided, hey, it's better for us to have the smart Nazis who, uh, you know, do the space program like uh, Werner von Braun and some of the doctors and some of these other people. We can't let Russia have them, so we got to bring them over. Hundreds, some say up to 1,400 true 100% Nazis. Werner von Braun was personal friends with Hitler, uh, and they brought well, him back. He was back. a hotshot. He, yeah, was, he, he was, was a, a real hotshot. guy. So what was interesting is this guy, by accident, found these files. They were in the National Archives, but they, they were misfiled, which is what, what government is good at doing, is if you, if you don't want anyone to know anything, you don't destroy it. Destroying documents is hard. No. Uh, you Everyone want to saw the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. So, That's how it ended. Now, these documents were supposed to be um, declassified in 2015. And these documents were misfiled in the nuclear room. So it was just one of those coincidences. That I'm like, oh, really? So they're talking about not nuclear documents. 2015, maybe this was supposed to be declassified and has all this shit about all these Nazis who, you know, right down to uh, Grandpa Bush financing uh, the Nazis with his bank. Oh, yeah. Prescott. Prescott. Maybe it was some of that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I've heard, you know, I was listening to some of these speculative uh, uh, reports. And they they, the latest is, well, you know, what Trump had is quote-unquote, his insurance. You sure? What is keeping Trump alive uh, is yeah. a question, because you brought it up earlier. And, well, he's got, he's got the goods he's got on the goods. something or someone. He's, he's pulled an FBI trick. And they think it may have been kept in the Mar-a-Lago, or they don't know, you know, they, so they raided him and grabbed it, grabbed whatever they could find. And of course, they screwed that up big did, time. Did, they took did you his hear passports that there was a great, a great, tie into this um so jislaine maxwell when she was in jail and she has written about this or she's been quoted she was 
you know, she was very lonely in her cell and they kept turning on the light for 15 minutes, you know, make sure he wasn't going to kill herself. Um, And she said, you know, I, I just made up a roommate who was, who was turning on the light or doing stuff. And my roommate's name was a 17, just kind of out of the blue. And, you know, the boxes at, uh, at Mar-a-Lago were labeled A1 through A, whatever it is, 20, including A17. So immediately everyone thinks, A17, that's the box. That's the client list. Maybe it's something like that. He has something they desperately want, that's for sure. And they, I don't know that I'm pretty sure they didn't get it. No, no. No, this not yet. <laughs> Trump's uh, got a lot of properties around the world where he could hide something. Then you can, and he could also have instructions. I mean, he obviously has people that are uh, moles in his operation. And that's what happened here. The mole found out something and turned him in. Or the mole was actually a double mole. He could have been working for Trump at the same time he was a mole for somebody else. And mm-hmm. Gave him a, you know, that's why they want well, to release the affidavit to find out who the mole is and right. see if the guy was, you know, legit. And I, I mean, this I'd, is, I'd say it's, this it's is like a, a spy movie. It is. It's a little precarious because, you know, it could go either way. You know, a, a lot of people, his base is certainly motivated. A lot of people are like, hey, man, this is crap. What are they doing? But then, you know, the, 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 the Department of Justice seems to be advancing their agenda of, oh, Republicans dangerous. They're threatening the FBI. Yeah, so it's, it could kind of backfire. Who knows? Well, it's definitely uh, the intelligence community, yeah. whatever that is, is well, not happy. I saw one other report that, let me see, where is this from? Gateway Pundit. Okay. Uh, huge cons- <laughs> Gateway Pundit. Well, you know. Well, I'll just read the headline. Huge concerns about Peter Strzok working for the CIA are likely at the heart of Mar-a-Lago raid. Well, that's a good one. That, I think, yeah, that's why I brought it to the because show. Because the FBI, there's books about the FBI versus the CIA, that little mm-hmm. strife they've had between the two groups because the CIA keeps impinging on the FBI. But then again, we tend to believe or you do in particular, that the FBI has already been captured by the CIA. Yes, I so do. So it wouldn't make any difference whether the struck was working there or not, but maybe, uh, I don't know. It, it does make a difference if you're operating as a CIA agent in the United States domestically. That makes a huge difference. Oh, yes. You yes, can't yes, do yes, that. True. You can't do that. But most likely it's just all the unredacted stuff of Crossfire Hurricane, how they railroaded him. But again, may, you know, maybe this, the JFK files are in there. Maybe the moon landing. This is my hope. <laughs> something yeah, skip about the rest. Something, about, something about Tesla. You know, some good shit. Free energy. Come on, Trump. What do you got, man? You know, I'm still disappointed the fact that Trump did not. If Trump pardon, everything, pardon there, Snowden and pardon and Assange. Assange. Why is that? If somebody explains to me why that is, then I'll be all in with the Trump with the Trump idea, but. No, I don't hear anything. I think, you know, this whole thing is just a giant, like a melodrama going, playing out before our eyes and we deconstruct it as best we can. And I don't take sides on the thing. I mean, I don't like the the uh, security state at, at all. No. But I'm not, you know, so they, you know. I'm, no, I'm not, I, we just want information, I'm man. not that upset. <laughs> we just want information. We just want to know. I'm just looking for information, man. New, New shit has come, come to, to light. light. How about that phony story? I'm sitting in the back of the beast. 
I said, take me to the Capitol. No, sir, can't do it. So I grabbed the steering wheel, the commandant of the car. And he rebuffed me, she said. He rebuffed. Interesting word. He rebuffed me, yeah, like this. And I started to choke him. I felt, you know, when, so when the story came out, Some people said, I never knew you were that strong physically. To think that I'm going to be jumping into the seat, grabbing a wheel, being rebuffed, grabbing this big, powerful guy, his neck is like this, and grabbing, I'm going to take him. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we have to put, and, and guess what? The Secret Service put out an announcement, which they never do, put out an announcement that it never happened, which everyone knew anyway. Is that so? Did the Secret Service put out a, yeah, a note? Yeah, no, they did. Yeah, they, they're almost the next day. How come Katie Turr didn't report that? Well, because <laughs> Katie Turr doesn't report that. I want to take us back to just before we started the show to give you, a, and this will lead you into hopefully some of your, uh, your clips, just Maybe. to give you an idea of how different the world was 15 years ago. We're going back to 2007. Uh, this is from um, a meeting which was called the State of the Black Union. And, you know, there's like Cornell West and, you know, it was a huge event, hundreds and maybe a couple thousand people in the audience. And Kira Davis just does this minute and a half takedown of what we now would call woke bullshit culture and weak parents that needs to be revisited just to set the stage for those of you who maybe weren't paying attention in 2007, or to see how far we've come with the idiocracy. We claim the minds of our children. They went into the black homes now, the powers that be, and told us that you cannot discipline your children anymore. And if you discipline your children, you were going to jail. Is this kind of thing they told us. Then they went into the public schools and took discipline out of there. So when we acted up in there, they put our boys, our black men, into something called special ed classes. As you know, those special ed classes are nothing but holding cells until they can go to the state prison. But this is what they did. And then, the one thing that they knew, that if we can put them in prison, if we can have them convicted for a felony, then once they get out of prison, they cannot get a job because of that. They cannot get the job. And then if they happen to eke out and find a job, then they have to pay taxes on a job, yet they cannot vote. And I call that... I call that taxation without representation. That's what we're looking at. And if one of the things that we would learn to do, they did a grand thing when they took that discipline away from us, because when they made our parents afraid to discipline the children, then what happened? We found out that the teachers were afraid of the principals, the principals were scared of the superintendents, superintendent was scared of the school board, school board was scared of the parents, parents were scared of the children, and the children ain't scared of nobody. Yeah, exactly where we're at. And the children aren't scared of nobody. And they just sit there and tell you which pronouns to use. Shut up, Dad. That's how it started. That and bullying laws. 
remember all that well, shit? Listen, it, the bullying laws brings up a clip that I picked up off TikTok. Mm-hmm. And this is a, uh, I think this is a mixed race family, and the and the mom is a, a kick ass that doesn't like anything, and she's decided to record this for posterity. And she has her kids sitting in a chair answering questions. She's grilling him. And this is the school uh, instruction, the, the bully clip. They told you what at school? That if you're being bullied, what? You can't go home and tell your parents. Why? It could cause the parents to go to the school with weapons. <laughs> what? And they'll end up with someone with their life gone, taken away. What? So this is what they're telling y'all in middle school. To not go home and tell your parents that you're being bullied. Right? That's what they're telling you? Yeah. And self-control. Self-control. Okay. Wow. It used to be, stand up to the bully. Now, don't tell your parents. No, now sh- sit down and shut up. Let the bully go, man. Because what? Because someone might come to school and shoot him up. What the hell was the was the reason? <laughs> yeah, I know. What was that? You can't you can't report on a bully because someone might come shoot up the school. Oh, come on. Yeah, come that was on. the gist of it. That's really bad. Um. Meanwhile, the other end of this. Play this clip. This is MOS. This is Man on the Street report. Uh, some guys in Portland talking to some low, I, I would call this woman a low life. Oh, I, I saw this. Portland, um, there's a shooting of a Trump supporter recently. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've heard of another Trump supporter being shot. So the f- what? He got shot. Is he alive? Uh, I believe he died. Oh, tough luck. Don't be a f- Trump supporter in Portland. <laughs> yeah, big mouth. Hey. Yeah, there's there's always a holes everywhere. It's the first one to start crying. <laughs> I know. Uh, Yale Pediatric Gender Program. Well, uh, I got two clips on that. Oh, I got one. Do you have two clips? Did you? Did you well, I know, but I got a clip. I got two clips. I got one is a about the director the speaking. No, you. Whatever yours is, I don't have. I can right. assure you, because mine's about Pittsburgh children's and no. Boston children's. No, this is <laughs> this is Yale. This is the Yale pediatric. We don't say children at Yale. We say pediatric. Yeah, well, right. Here's wrong, a, here's wrong. a here's the director. I'm a clinical psychologist by training, and I am the director of the Yale Gender Program, which is an interdisciplinary program working with gender expansive individuals, three to 25, and their families. We um, help individuals who are questioning their gender identity or who identify as transgender or non-binary. We help them with their gender journey, um, thinking through that, thinking through the risks and the benefits of uh, medical intervention, uh, starting medical intervention, um, and also building supports around them. And I love what I do, so it's really, really wonderful to to be working in this field and to be working with individuals who are gender diverse and gaining their support and helping them on their gender journeys. Gender journey, gender expansive, intergalactic. I love gender journey. Gender journey is nice because even though it's it's alliteration, it's two different letters, which is kind of cool. So how, are, a, uh, how are you in your gender journey? Uh, I'm, I'm on my way. 
Uh, here, here's a little, here we got a note from a whoop de doo the gender change then reversal story. This little note came in the email. Fun story for you. A friend uh, had an eight-year-old daughter who did anything and everything for attention. Mm-hmm. Bullying, crying, framing people, etc. all the time. She was full-on trans, eight-year-old, and the mother embraced it in full, full-heartedly. You know, oh, okay. Puberty blockers changed the name. She changed her name, got puberty blockers, told all the friends in schools. Cost of the puberty blockers were like 25K for a few months. (laughs) Who pays for that? Well, this is an interesting question. I never realized about, you know, we talk about Medicare, the COVID collapse. Medicare won't pay for your hearing aids, but you want want to change your gender. Yeah. If If there's an angle, these guys will make the money. A year or so later, he was like, I'm so sorry, this isn't for me. And they had to undo everything. Um, but the thing that got me in that note was the 25K, because we, during the entire two years of COVID coverage that we did, it's always boiling down to money. government money spent on the shots, uh, g- checking into a hospital, but they're calling it COVID because there's an extra $33,000 or something. Yeah some number involved them on a vent for 60k and you were getting money money it was all about the money and this i'm now beginning to think just with that number this gender bullshit that's going on with six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds is nothing more than money oh hello Okay, well, maybe I'm slow. No, but there's a whole system set up. It starts in the school, and they hand you off to the psychologist. Right away, you go to the gender specialist. Oh, yeah, there's a whole system waiting in the wings. It's no different from SSRIs being handed out like candy or like everything. We are a drugged-out nation. In fact, I'm expanding what I typically say is these people are over-socialized, under-informed, and drugged up. Drugged so let's up. go. So TikTok, the TikTok guy, Libs a TikTok guy, who got banned I, I think, from Facebook. I think it's a woman. The Libs of TikTok woman. I think it might be. <laughs> then don't say guy. You're misgendering well, I didn't know her. You're deadnaming her. You're deadnaming her. Stop it. <laughs> deadnamers. She's never just not. <laughs> so uh, she uh, is on this rampage about the lies about gender assignment surgeries being done to minors. And she keeps documenting the fact that it keeps being done to minors by by just finding people online that are that who have officials done it. Mm-hmm. Who, and, and and so Facebook kicked her off. Can't do this. Well, of course, can't have that. So I got two clips on this. Okay. First is a an interview that somebody did, and this was she just picked up on. She didn't catch this one on TikTok. It was an interview between a, a congressman and the head of. Uh, one of the guys at the one of the spokespersons, doctors at Pittsburgh Children's Hospital, because the focus has been on Boston Children's Hospital mm-hmm. of late. Mm-hmm. But this is an interview, and it brings a few things to light, including the fact that seventeen-year-olds have their tits removed. Here we go. Looking forward to Gender genital talk. surgeries, and these we really start at age eighteen, age seventeen. No, no, no. For- this is gender talk. Oh, it's sorry. Just, it says seventeen-year-olds. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I, no, that was I was. That's why at the very end I tried to. I I did not make it clear. I, this, I have that clip coming, but this is gender talk. 
What does gender-affirming care look like for a 5-year-old and then maybe for a 10-year-old? That's another good question. Good question. So for a 5-year-old, there is no medical intervention. Wait a minute, who's talking here? This is the guy from Pittsburgh Children's Hospital who's, who is being interviewed by a congressman, and he is in charge or, or the spokesperson for gender care. Interviewed in a, in a congressional setting? Like, uh, no, this is in his office. I don't know where this <laughs> clip came from. Just hanging out. They're just hanging out talking gender. It's okay. like the guy's like the congressman's a podcaster or something. Oh. He's got a mic there. It's very strange. Mm. I, I'd like to get the genesis of this clip. Somebody might be able to tell me. Go on. What does gender-affirming care look like for a 5-year-old and then maybe for a 10-year-old? That's another good question. So for a five-year-old, there is no medical intervention for a five-year-old because none is necessary. What we do for a five-year-old is that we refer them to a therapist to help them explore their gender identity and to make them feel comfortable with how they feel about themselves. Isn't that the definition of conversion therapy right there? If you really want to talk about it, we send the five-year-old... Who's gonna to help them on with their journey? Did he say gender what? Gender journey? No, gender. Yeah. What we do for a five year old is that we refer them to a therapist to help them explore their gender identity and explore their gender identity and make them feel comfortable with how they feel about themselves. Okay. Now, for a ten year old, that really depends on where they are in puberty, because for some people, especially those who are assigned female at birth, they might start having signs of puberty and then there is discussion on whether or not pubertal blockers may be warranted for that individual because they can become really distressed if they're starting to develop secondary sex characteristics that really distresses them so it really depends on where they are in puberty at 10 years old when would hormone therapy tend to be introduced and how do we know that that's safe right away so another good question so according to the endocrine society guidelines for working with transsexual individuals, they recommend that the age is 16. There's a lot of discussion about surgical options. Um, uh, when does that become part of the discussion? And do all trans people seek surgery? Another good question. And so for, depending on the type of surgery, but for the vast majority of surgeries, they are not done until the youth is 18 years old. The only exception is top surgery, in which sometimes that is done earlier. And again, that is a intensely personal decision uh, between the child, the family, and the doctor, and the surgeon, and the mental health provider uh, to see if that is the right path towards them. Bro, this is so crazy. This is... Before the COVID indoctrination happened, this was well underway. These are, these are parents who are believing in science. And there's a whole bunch of experts all ready to make money to show you the science, how you're going to yeah, make the money. Because your child is not happy today. I mean, of course. Yeah, what, it's just, so and, you have a, wait, let me get this straight. You have a 16, 17 year old girl who's developing breasts. And she's emotionally upset about everything. Her boy, she thought she wanted a boyfriend, and one another girl wants to kiss her. She's got, she's a mess. She can't get good grades, and she, she's going to be you making will, decisions. You like this. no, you will do anything as a parent to help your child. But this is this is what has happened. This is it's my generation. Be honest about it. My generation, who was like, oh, oh whatever we have to do for the, oh, I, I will take care. What do you want? You want this? You want a ring here, nose hair? You want a tattoo there? You want your boobs off? What do you want? <laughs> it's okay. I love you. 
But where does this come from? Before you get to your second clip, I got a dynamite email from one of our producers who works in a uh, Minnesota school district, not as a teacher. Oh, yes. This, yeah. Uh, but uh, he, work, he runs the theater. Did you see this note? I think so, because I remember, although I may not. not No, I may not. So he runs the theater. Um, So he deals a lot with uh, the gender-inclusive classroom. Uh, I'm quoting here. Had to attend an educator's conference for some theater stuff. One of the classes ended up being about choosing shows to perform based on equity. Yikes. (laughs) It was an hour and a half about how good the presenter had at coaching Broadway performers, yet her college and high school years were some of the most traumatic experiences she had ever been through. The trauma was rooted in her being one of the few black women in the theater program she was in. She kept asking questions that we could consent to answer, like how many BIPOC and LGBTQIA plus members we had in our respective programs. Worst part about it is when she finally got to the safe musicals you could pick. Now remember, this is for school theater. It was all Disney shit. Disney is partnering with all of these schools and their theaters for the Disney plays that roll right into the Disney movies, the Disney TV shows, the Disney cartoons, which are jacked with this stuff, and they're proud of it. Disney is yeah, in your school. Forbid Disney's in your schools. People in a school theater be introduced to the world's great playwrights. Like uh, uh, Bertolt Brecht. I mean, anything. But... But the Little Mermaid, which is really racist. Uh, so that I, that's a real problem, man. Disney is in deep, and and we've played so many clips of how proud they are of the indoctrination they put into their into their work. And so I can only presume that they may even be doing rewrites for these schools. Who knows? If you're in that uh, department anywhere, let us know what's going on with Disney weaseling in with their messaging on the children it's very dangerous so back to the tiktok this is a tiktok video of uh boston uh the one of the boston uh children's hospitals representatives talking about uh mastectomies the the, the previous uh videos they've had which a lot of them are disappeared are talking about complete surgical removal of all the sexual parts of a girl and uh, as some sort of a benefit to someone, I don't know. Here we go. Looking forward to genital surgeries. And these we really start at age 18, age 17 for very few transgender women where it's really appropriate. You actually need a second letter from another. Be- what? They say, yeah, we can do 17 year olds it's where it's appropriate. <laughs> For very few transgender women where it's really appropriate. You actually need a second letter from another behavioral health professional. And the purpose of that letter is to make certain that you understand the fertility implications about the surgery and you're really making an informed decision to eliminate your future fertility potential if you haven't already banked gametes or done other fertility preservation. Uh. Get your tits cut off. <sighs> I like the way they switch this over, though. If you, if you look at the progression here, first it started with guys turning into girls. And mm-hmm. in fact, Mimi pointed out that up in Port Angeles area, which is pretty Hicksville, 
uh, you know, the western uh, Western Washington region. She says, nary, nary, nary a day goes by where she doesn't see some guy in a dress. <laughs> you saw nary. <laughs> saw nary. Nary, nary a day nary goes a day. by where she doesn't see a guy in a dress. And this is only within the last year. Like a full-on dress dress or like a kilty a dress, dress? dress, a dress, a dress. Just a dude. A guy in a dress. You know yeah. what a guy in a dress looks like as well as I do. Yeah, he looks like uh, every single- A guy in a dress. Every single black comedian who goes to Hollywood it turns into a guy <laughs> in a dress. Yeah, he always <laughs> except, had to be Except for Dave Chappelle. Didn't he Chappelle get out of that? refused to do it. He nope, would not, not do gonna it. happen. Uh, controversy, controversy over there in Scotland. Um, you know, they, uh, they're offering free period products, as they call- the provision of period products free of charge to those who need them. It is now the first country in the world to introduce this legal requirement, which, of course, is great. These are very, very expensive uh, products for women. Uh, the thing is that uh, they appointed a dude as the uh, as in charge of the program. This doesn't seem like a smart appointment. <laughs> Just, just saying. Everyone's all bent out of shape over there. Yeah, that's the, equity. 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 Yeah, the world has gone nuts. People, it's gone nuts. Um, let's see. Okay, we're gonna switch gears. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to these two clips. Uh, insect grease. <laughs> all this cake needs is flour, eggs, and twenty grams of dead insects. No, you haven't misheard. A team of scientists at Belgium's University of Ghent are trying to find a way to substitute dairy in cakes, cookies and waffles. They say deriving grease from insects is more green than dairy production. Um, they are more sustainable because they use less land. They are more efficient converting feed to weight. Um, they also use less water to produce. And in this case, they, are, uh, they can be produced within Europe. That will decrease the footprint that other type of uh, food sources um, bring because they come from far away, let's say South America or uh, Southeast Asia. By soaking the insects in a little bit of water and then mushing them with a kitchen blender before centrifuges separate a butter-like substance, a grease is made which the team used to bake with. But how does it go down outside of the lab? So you have to see this. So you, you take these bugs and you give them a good blend and then you centrifuge out what looks like grease. Mm-hmm. It's a sludge. Mm, sludge. I can't imagine anything. It's tastier. sludge, sludge, insect sludge. No, well, it's not a real sludge. It really does. It's, it's, it kind of looks like a shortening. It's, it's whitish. And, oh, it's like, Cris- uh, it's like Crisco. They're going back Crisco. to their... Crisco. It's, it's a bug Crisco. Do you know that Crisco, Crisco was started as industrial waste? It was, it was a, bi- yes, Crisco is a byproduct of industrial sludge and they just gave it a different color and marketed it to, to moms as a perfect for, uh, for all your baking needs. So they're just back that's to not that. my understanding of the origins of Crisco. But oh, really? Now, but now, I, okay. What's I will your look understanding? Into it. My understanding that it was a, they were looking for, there was some, it was a depression product. They were looking for some substitute for butter that could be used as a shortening in uh, baked goods. Mm-hmm. And they found that they could take a cheap vegetable oils and hydrogenate the crap out of them mm-hmm. to make them into this thick goo. And uh, which is the same thing they did with the, I can't believe it's not butter and all the margarines, the oleomargarines that came out, uh, which butter flavor, which was just 
the worst kind of hydrogenated oil because you literally stuck them into a uh, a, a oil like refinery and then you pumped hydrogen into the product until they got thick. In fact, I was at one of these processing plants when I was an inspector, and the guy told me about hydrogenation of of oil. He says we could pump so much hydrogen into oil we can turn it the oil into a solid brick. <laughs> yes, make it, we can make it that hard. Okay, I, I I was wrong. I'm sorry. It was soap. It started as soap. And we eventually wound up basically eating our candles. So it was the <laughs> hydrogenated cottonseed oil. Um, it, Crisco comes from a soap patent. And then when they, and I, so you're saying they were looking for, no, I think it's very similar to the DEF, the diesel engine fluid. They had this waste product like pig urine. Well, it's like fluoride. Same thing. Put it in the water. Tell everybody it's healthy. So that's yeah. what I've heard. Uh, but you okay, know what? Well, it's it's, I'm sure lots of producers will, will come in with their version. Someone will tell I think them. the version, I think we covered it. But then, of course, the, the gays got a hold of it, and then it had a whole new use. We'll talk about that some other No, day. we'll never talk about that, but so I, I remember the ba- 80s. <laughs> so that I, as I was saying, it, it turns it into this kind of grease, and they're using it for cooking. And so they went and I was asked a few people about it. And then you have your normal woman on this giggling woman. <laughs> okay. On the street. And here we got part two with a couple of re- little bit of reporting. For me, there's no difference. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's actually better. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you hey. eat insect fat cakes again? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> The team say the consumers can't taste the difference when a quarter of the milk butter is replaced with the fat from the insects. But they start to notice when it gets to the halfway mark. So who knows? One day you could be munching on a cockroach croissant as you head to the office or making your nearest and dearest a beetle birthday cake. (sighs) Yeah. I'm really not happy with these stories. Oh, to try to they're shoving this idea down the public's throat and they're doing they're testing it on the public and you're giving giggling girls out there. <laughs> well, I guess it's OK because they don't know anything. And these are the same girls that are deciding to have their tits cut off when they're 17 <laughs> because they're so in the know. This is ridiculous. <clears throat> the Rockefeller Foundation in 2020 came out with um, a report called Reset the Table. Meeting the moment to transform the U.S. food system. Um, And the entire document is about changing the U.S. Actually, it's four documents. You have the full-on report, you have the executive uh, report, and then you have the the messaging uh, report, which I'll share a little bit of. And everything in this document is about how we need to explain to the American people uh, that we have to change our food, our food system. Our food system is bad uh, because not enough people get enough to eat. And, of course, while we're at it, a lot of food is really bad for the planet. So we have to let people understand that they're not going to be eating their typical foods anymore. Um, and, and, you know, so this is truly moving to synthetic foods or to fake meat. Um, to you know anything but normal bugs. food. Well, bugs too. 
Um, a lot of it's a lot of plant based. Um, now the now you sent me a link to a story which shows how far along this is. Plant-based meat now costs less than animal meat in the Netherlands. That's always a good way to get people to be interested in a food product, especially if you tell them that it's so much healthier for yeah, you. Best price. So much better for the, uh, for the planet. And Burger King now in Austria, their default or what they call normal is a plant-based burger when you buy any burger product from Burger King. You have to ask specifically for Fleisch. And they have this whole ad, which is all in uh, Austrian German, so I won't play it. But there's people going, hey, hey, can I have a burger? What do you want? Normal order with Fleisch. Well, what's normal? Normal is is uh, is plant-based. Okay, I'll have normal. We want to be normal. Take your normal burger. You want a Fleisch burger? Ooh, you're so bad. So then they're pushing this, and this is right along with this reset the table uh, report and narrative. And we get companies like this, the Redefine Meat Company, and they're pretty big. Meat, the most complex culinary product crafted by nature over millions of years. What is it about meat that makes us love it so much? Is it the flavors? The texture? Is it the memory of the best steak you ever had? Meat is a hallmark of our past. It's a staple of our lives today. But what about the future? What if we could give the world better meat? New meat. Meat that's delicious, environmentally friendly, and kind to animals. New meat. Precisely the same. Entirely different. We use cutting-edge technology to replace the need of animals. Starting with natural plant-based ingredients. Crafted and optimized using AI and machine learning. And brought to life with advanced manufacturing and 3D printing. By collaborating with the world's leading butchers and chefs, now every meat dish can become even better to satisfy any carnivore, vegan, or flexitarian. Having unlocked the secret to creating great new meat, we're on a journey to become the world's largest meat company. Redefine meat. A whole different animal. Flexitarians unite. So these people are. This is a, that was that was a parody. Who no, did that, it? Was it that the is, Babylon Bee? Was that, that Babylon is an Bee? Actual company that uh, specializes in plant-based uh, synthetic foods, which is AI really? design. And they're, using, oh, they're using and they're using AI. And machine, what was the other one? They said AI machine learning. And some other. AI and machine learning. Oh yeah, AI and machine learning. Mm-hmm. What does they have an AI with big, big mouths to choose and he's got a tongue? What what are we talking about here? What kind of bullshit? Are they trying to deliver to the public by dropping in a bunch of buzzwords from Silicon Valley? From the uh, here's some examples of the narrative and messaging in action, according to the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, the message framework can also be used to develop social posts, quotes for news releases, podcasts, fact sheets, blogs, etc. Here are a few examples from the foundation's own communications. Let's try something. Quote: Working together, we have the opportunity and the obligation. To transform the U.S. food system to make it more efficient, equitable, healthy, and resilient, both in good times and in bad. You see where this is going? 
Access to affordable, healthy food should be available to every child and family. Tragically, it is not, even here in one of the richest countries on earth. So they just keep on going and they... How about closing all the McDonald's and Burger Kings and seeing how that does for the planet? Uh, people will starve. They have, most people, uh, there's oh, a lot so of... Do you think, so people are relying on that food, oh, that horrible food. By and design, you, but you're blaming the cow and the, by, on the field yes, there over there chewing by, grass. Yes, by design, of course. The food deserts are everywhere. All you got is the Burger King, the, the Whataburger, the, uh, the McDonald's. Absolutely. And if you look, you know, I still subscribe to... Um, Whataburger is not bad. <laughs> we I, have none around here. I still subscribe to the Food Proce- Processing Magazine. You know, because this is where you go and buy your your AI machine learning uh, plant based food machines, the uh, processing machines. Yeah, it's a good. Ma- it would be one of the, any any food machinery magazine, and there's more than one. Uh, are very entertaining to anyone who's interested in anything, especially and technology. What they seem to have a lot of is ads for machines that are able to detect micro particles of metal in the food. Oh yeah, they got a, it's a big problem. <laughs> so, so we're getting plants plus metal. Is, is that well, because the they're grind, They got all these high industrial grinders and all the rest of it. A rock gets in there instead uh, of just a bunch of plants to be ground up. Mm. The rock will chip the the grinder, and then the piece of metal would be it fly ground around, itself. And fly around. A bunch of yeah. slivers are all over the place, and now yeah. what are we going to do? Because there's tons of them. And it's all over the place. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. Um, so. Of course, uh, you it's know, like the, bone shards. The uh, as we move to a much healthier alternative for you flexitarians out there, please remember that your obese child is not obese because of the burgers you feed the child. New study showing how climate change, specifically higher temperatures, is making our children uh, more inactive and more obese. The study published in a journal Temperature found today's children are thirty percent less aerobically fit than their parents were at their age. Fewer children are reaching the World Health Organization's recommendation of. 60 minutes of exercise a day. Now, listen, it has been a lot hotter, hotter, and the weather has been crazy, but I think it also has to do with technology, you know? Yeah. It's it's one thing not to go outside, but these kids don't go outside because they can stay inside, (laughs) be on their phones, play video games, and be social without having to go outside and be social. And here's the final... I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, I kind of agree with that last part of that, but the other part of the school systems that have cut recess down... Don't let kids take enough exercise and they time. Eat nuggets. And, the, and they give them and P, nuggets. And, right. And PE is like not what it once was. They've taken all these, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, kinds of things you used to do in PE. I don't even know if they have baseball fields in some of the schools nowadays. And yeah, and then they feed the kids crap in this cafeteria. So the kicker, the kicker of the Rockefeller Foundation's um, uh, reset the table to transform America's food system. The kicker is the slogan. You ready? Food is medicine. That's the slogan. Food is medicine. Brought to you by the very same people who invented the medical industry. Food is medicine. So they're going to they're going to make your your food out of uh, oils. You know, yeah. petrochemicals. Put some vitamins in there. We got vitamins in it. You would jam some... Uh, electrolytes. Some lots, ele- of electrolytes. Uh, lots of electrolytes. Lots of electrolytes. Gatorade forever. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is... It's not good. It's not good. 
No, and meanwhile, the the super elites will be eating like cha- caviar. You know, be, caviar, beef will be a lot like of caviar, caviar. Good caviar, well, beef. nothing like it. the beef will and, be the and caviar. And of course, if you say caviar, you're an elitist, and you shouldn't be. Just like we put it with your crudités. Heaven forbid. <laughs> your crudités, exactly. The crudités. Yeah, that's it. That's coming, and there's no stopping it. There's only four food processors, really, in, certainly in the United States, who do a lot of business. And they're, they're pumping it out. And, you, and sure, oh, I don't like it. I won't eat the impossible meat. You will when you can't afford the other stuff. You will. It's happening. Oh, man, I, I hope we're done with this show and have our exit strategy before everyone's eating bugs all the time. Bugs. Bugs. <laughs> bugs. Want to do a little climate change before we take uh, our final break? Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything there. I got a couple things. I got a, well, we just had that one, obviously. You know, uh, we're still waiting for the, for the, uh, for the extreme uh, mega flood over there in California, which is coming your oh, way. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. Mega flood. It, it does happen every thousand years. Why they're promoting it now is beyond me. We're in a drought. There's no way, you know, but okay. This morning, millions of people are on alert for extreme weather. Are you on alert? John, John, are you on alert? Millions of people are on alert, on this alert. This morning, millions of people are on alert for extreme weather. From monsoon rains to extreme heat, triple-digit temperatures today are expected in Kansas, Texas, Arizona, and California. <gasps> California's Central Valley region is expected to hit 105 or more this week, it prompting an excessive all the time heat in the Central for- Valley. Sorry, say Go again. On, I'm sorry. No, it, it also hits 100 every single summer in Texas. This is not like a big deal. Like, we're used to it. You know, we got air conditioning. California news. <laughs> Millions of people are worried. California's Central Valley region is expected to hit one. You see, it's Californians. That's why they're worried, because they believe yeah, in this. Yeah, but it's California's Central Valley. We know where that is. Right now, what is it here? in the uh, Right here in the Bay Area, it's 70. 105 or more this week, prompting an excessive heat watch for more than 7 million people. Meanwhile, 9 million Americans are under flash flood warnings as the Southwest braces for more monsoon rains. Over the weekend, flash flooding closed down roads and forced evacuations in Utah. In Texas, the desperately needed rain fell in massive amounts. Roads in Corpus Christi flooded after a half a foot of rain fell in the area. Back in California, mudslides and flooding forced road closures in San Bernardino County. It comes as experts say the chances of a so-called mega flood hitting California have doubled. A new study shows that climate change is increasing the likelihood of a cataclysmic flood hitting in the next 50 years. The flood could turn California's Uh. lowlands... (laughs) into an inland sea, putting parts of cities such as Sacramento, Fresno, and Los Angeles underwater. Yeah. The study predicts a mega flood would displace 5 to 10 million people and it would cause a trillion dollars in damage. Within the next 50 years. They can't even predict the weather in the next week. Explain. Here's here's a weird one. So... We, we're running out of water everywhere. Oh, we got no water. California got no water. We got no water. Texas got no water. We got no water. But somehow the sea levels are rising. Does, I mean, does, is all of our water just fresh water? Just from the ground That's up? It counts. Hmm. 
Extreme Heat Prediction. We continue. And then there's this sobering prediction tonight. America will get a lot hotter over the next three decades. Oh! The nonprofit First Street Foundation says by 2053, more than 100 million Americans will live in an extreme heat belt in the South and in a wide area stretching from Texas to the Wisconsin border. The heat index in those places could reach 125 degrees at least one day per year. Notice she says heat index. That is not the temperature, lady. Heat index. You know you're going to be in a heat belt yeah. there in Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's going to be up to the Wisconsin border for some unknown reason. Shouldn't they just? Shouldn't these people at CBS just be happy? My God, those rednecks are going to fry. <laughs> I mean, does, yeah, do they, do they yeah, really they care? Happy. Why are it you warning us? Those rednecks, right? They're they're so bastards. Much by to no agenda. <laughs> Imagine bastards. all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. So let's uh, do some. We have a few people to thank. We do. Starting with uh, Ari uh, Kairagi. Kairagi in Prague. Prague is in Prague. Prague, Oklahoma. Got a birthday, $150. Simon Elisha in Elston. In Elsternick. Elsternwick. In Elsternwick, Victoria, Australia. They got weird town names there. Australia. They do. $150. Brings him in the night. He He wants to be knighted. Yes. Sir Simon, knight of the long rifle. Yep. Today. Today is his day. Good for him. Sophia Davis in Springdale, Montana, 137. Another birthday. It's a hubby's birthday, 37th. Uh, And by the way, happy birthday, TD. We love you. And he's a de-douching. You've been de-douched. Lucas Williams in Roswell, New Mexico, 100. Shauna Benson, who leaves a note, and she's in Smithville, Texas, $100. And her note is right on the money. It says donation. <laughs> John it. Knowles in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, 9009. I keep clicking pics looking for boobs donation. 9009. Those are big saggers. Um, <laughs> Sir Kevin McLaughlin. Big saggers. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm I mean, bored. also, you know, you, you use the T word a lot, which is what T word? Tits. It, it that that grinds on me for some reason. I don't know why. Tits. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it sounds really uh, unfriendly. I don't know why. Huh. I like breasts. I don't also. I also don't like boobs, tatas, fun bags, or any of that. I'm not. I just, just like breasts, period. Breasts. Well, oh, then what about this donation from Sir Kevin McLaughlin, Duke of Luna, lover of America, and your favorite word, boobs? Yeah, well. Locust, North Carolina, 8008. <laughs> You're discouraging this? I'm not discouraging that at all. I'm just talking about my personal preference. Okay. It's, uh, Sir Jamo of North Central Idaho is in Lewiston. We only had one boobs today anyway, except for yeah. the 9009. Yeah. Lewiston, Idaho, 6933. Joe and KG in. Uh, Someplace in Virginia, sixty-five dollars. Uh, he's in Virginia. Eh. Yeah. I can't always agree with everything you say. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, you're a bit don't. quick to judge. He please says, "Don't." Okay, quick to judge. Uh, what do you mean, quick to we're judge? Quick to, we're quick to judge, man. Quick to judge. Quick to it's judge. All right to speak in America, clad. Republic dies in the silence of censorship. He goes on. This is a long note. I'm not going to read it because we're not supposed to read these notes at all. 
Edward Musiel Musiel in Waterford, Michigan, 65. Jeffrey Sewell in Wyandotte, Michigan, which is not pronounced correctly. Uh, 5678. Richard Futter, 5510 in London, UK. Um, Dean Roker, 5510 in the UK. Sir Michael Anthony of New York City, Rosedale, New York, 5333. Eric Pulse in Richmond, Texas, 5234. Trent Wabbis, silly Wabbis, in Elwood, Victoria, Australia. And thank you, Adam, for the social invite, 5001. Following people are $50 donors, name and location, uh, about the average number today, starting with Josh Adair and uh, floating around. He's at an APO box, 50. Nathan Cochran in Franklin, Tennessee. Stephen Schumach in Xenia, Ohio. Chris Lewinsky, Sir Chris in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Philip Ballou in Louisville, Kentucky. Scott Lavender in Montgomery, Texas. Jamie Hilliard in Noonan, Georgia. Christopher Whitten in Holmes, Holmes Beach, Florida, and he has to be, he's got a birthday coming up for uh, John. Kevin O'Brien in Chicago, Illinois, John Camp in Antlers, Oklahoma, James Edmondson in South Plainfield, New Jersey, Sir Jerry Wingenroth down in Saugus, California, wraps it up. I want to thank all these folks for making this show 1478, I believe. Yep. Uh, a winner. Thanks. And uh, we received a note uh, donation that fell out of all of these different categories from Ann Gordon Bennett. And she says, in the morning, John and Adam, after several years of donations, I have finally reached my damehood. May I please have a dedouche? You've been dedouched. This geriatric millennial has been listening to your show since the inauguration of Trump and hasn't stopped since. Big shout out to my dad for hitting me in the mouth. A family that no agendas together stays together. Thank you for your courage and karma to all the no agenda listeners. Her, her title will be Dame Trail Chicken, and she requests scotch ale and ribeye steak at the round table and an R2-D2 karma. Happy to hand that out. You've got... While you're reading uh, notes, before we go on, uh, Mark Milliman, who did donate last show sends a, a late note in and he says I, I know it's way too late probably shouldn't have written this message but forgot to ask for jobs karma with my JC anniversary donation along with the marriage karma for me and me putting up with John for 35 years I've had the utmost 34, respect 34 34 well, he says 35 I'm just reading the note I have the utmost respect for both of you keeping it together for that long okay uh, anyway give can you give uh, Mark uh, some jobs karma jobs 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 and jobs let's vote for jobs And thank you to all of these producers, also those who came in under $50 for anonymity, or you might be on one of our ongoing sustaining donations, their subscriptions. Those are really important. Even if you've given uh, enough to be a a knight, an exec, an associate exec, whatever it is, if you can get on one of those, that gives us a base when times are slow and they do happen from time to time. To learn more, go here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. It's your birthday, birthday. 
And we see Sophia Davis saying happy birthday to her husband, TD, 37 on the August 10th. Brian Aguilar, happy birthday to Lincoln, who was born on August 16th. Welcome, new human resource. Roger Roundy, happy birthday to DC girl. What's going on with those two celebrating today? Sir William, also, also happy birthday to DC girl. Christy Lansing, her birthday is today as Damatina Hunter, also turning, uh, also celebrating today on the 18th. Christopher Witten, happy birthday to Commander John, who turned 70 today. Leanne Webb, to our handsome hubby Steve Webb, the OG Godcaster, is his birthday tomorrow. What a love letter she sent to him. And Ari Kuragi says happy birthday to her husband Mickey. He celebrates tomorrow. Happy birthday for everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. Um, No titles, so we go straight to our, we have one, we have uh, two nights in one day. Here's the new blade. Ooh, careful. That one's sharp. I don't want you to hurt yourself. And Gordon Bennett pop up here. Brett Popish and Simon Elisha. All three of you have supported the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more. Thank you very much for that. And because of this, I am proud to pronounce the Kate V with your titles as we say... Hello and welcome to the Roundtable Dame Trail Chicken, Sir B-Pop of the Commie State of Colorado, and Sir Simon Knight of the Long Rifles. For you, we've got Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys, and Chardonnay, also Scotch Ale and Ribeye Steak by request. We also might have some uh, Geishas and Sake, Ruben S. Women and Rosé, Sparkling Cider and Escorts, Bong Hits and Bourbon, Breast Milk and Pablum. Or maybe just some good old mutton and mead. Uh, enjoy that and write down this address, noagendanation.com slash rings. That's where you need to go if you want to uh, uh, get your ring with the appropriate size. We know where to send it. And, of course, uh, you'll uh, that will be accompanied by some wax to seal your important correspondence and your um, a certificate of authenticity. And again, welcome to the round table and thank you all very much for supporting the No Agenda Show. No Agenda! No Agenda Meetups, without a doubt, the place to find community in this wacky world. Why? Because it's all locally organized, producer organized. These are your friends, your families, your neighbors, probably who who we haven't met yet. And they're all going to be different, but you'll have one thing in common. You are not a slave to Gitmo Nation. Well, we are, of course. But you have a reasonably sized amygdala. That's what counts. Let's hear some of those amygdalas in action at the Oregon Local 33 meetup. Last Saturday was the Oregon Local 33 meetup to say goodbye to Tim, Sir Certainty, Black Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. He's leaving Oregon for drier pastures down south. He's been a producer since 2014 and has hosted meetups in the Portland area since 2018. We thank him for his courage and wish him the best in this new chapter of life. Bye, Tim! This meetup featured a mead tasting. We had some pomegranate mead made in Portland. Everyone agreed it was very tasty, so come visit Dick's Primal Burger in Portland to try some good mead. The mead was super good. There you go. Millennial Mel, everybody, who accompanied herself on the piano playing the Gitmo Nation National Anthem, which I also have an acoustic version of. It's really beautiful. She's got all the accents on it and everything. 
Let's check out uh, Concord, California. They had a report uh, report from their meetup there. Hello, this is Sir Lavish. I'm reporting to you from the Concord meetup. Let's go around. Hey, everyone. This is a dude named Ben named Ben, otherwise known as the Count of San Francisco. I drove all the way here today to maintain my sanity. Sir Pepperazzi, thanks for the beer and the sanity in the morning, in the mañana. This is Sam having a good time in the morning. Hey, this is Matt. Keeping it brief. I'm Kristen, and it's hotter than hell out here. In the morning, Adam. This is Baroness Sarah Rupert, and I'm here with... Sickle Baby Fighter. In the morning. Oh, I always love you abusing your kids. So great. Uh, every year, we get a meetup report from Black Hat DEFCON, and uh, this year's no exception. This is Sir Mike, Baronet of the Internet from Las Vegas, No Agenda Meetup. In the morning. This is Sir Richard, Black Knight of the Foot. Hail the Foot. Hey, this is Laura. She's a dome of, dame of the OTR. Dame of the OTR saying I'm a um, Vex nurse looking for a noodle gun. <laughs> In the morning, this is Darren. I got deduced on Sunday and it still smells funny. In the morning, dude named Daniel drinking PBR. Hey, this is Sir James. I have nothing witty to say. This is George from the Denver local out here in beautiful Las Vegas out of the Black Hat Convention in the morning. This is Sir Mickey, Viva Las Vegas. Dvorak, get your ass down here. (laughs) You've been summoned, Dvorak. Meetups happening today, the Cary Cords Local 919 at 6 p.m., the third Thursday, third Thursday in Fort Worth, where the Weston simulation begins, and Charlotte's Thursday, third Thursday monthly meetup, 7 o'clock tomorrow, the No Agenda Meetup Harlem, the Lowlands, uh, Jacksonville will be meeting. Um, that's Jacksonville, Florida. Then on Saturday, potluck for Central Iowa, calling all Tidewater area slaves. Shrunken Amygdala Support Group. We've got the Eastern Central North Carolina No Agenda Pool Party. Seattle, Saturday, sit down. The Dublin Highly Sophisticated Meetup, and that's 3 o'clock Irish time. Flight, uh, flight of the No Agenda Zero Three One Trains Good Planes Bad. That uh, is out there in California. Mighty Niagara Reu- uh, Region Meetup on Sunday. That's our next show today, along with Taylor and John, come to Vegas. There's a ton of these meetups. You can organize one yourself. It's not that hard. You go to noagendameetups.com. Go there first and just try and find something. This is the community you've been looking for. And they all like to drink for some reason. Noagendameetups.com. Always a party. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be where you want me. Triggered or hell's lame You wanna be where everybody feels the same Like a party Alright Time for our twice-weekly ISO competition Uh, and I forfeit You have nothing? You got it Aw, man, I, I, I don't like winning without a fight I'll just pretend this one's yours. Oh, this is yours, John. Okay. It'll be you eating insects in the dark. That's way too long. Uh, maybe this one. I think that thing could actually get quite big. Kind of like that. They do believe it. <laughs> this, damn, it sounds that muffled. Works. They if do it had believe a it. More, it, it, it. They had more It doesn't punch. have any punch. Well, well, let me jack it. Hold jack on it up. Let me see if I can jack it, man. Hold on a second. Let me check it. Uh, let's change. They do believe it. Close enough. Um, that works. How about this? Whatever you do, do not say balls. I kind of like that one. No, I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like it? Uh, how about this one? It doesn't pass the smell test. No, that's t- saying that the show's no good. 
And then they came for our tomatoes. <laughs> okay, then they came for our tomatoes. So I guess it's the uh, uh, they do believe it. Yeah, they do believe. It. Good, I'll jack it up. That'll be good. And it's not just believe it. They do they, believe? No, it. that's why it's so good because they do believe it. Yeah, it's not just believing; it's no good. Hey, uh, you this, have to do believe. So this Anne Hesh thing has gone out of control. <laughs> it really has. To you maybe? Oh my goodness! You know, now it's like look at the video, the ring video. She clearly has her emergency brake on. The rear wheels are locked, and she's still going 80. It's not real. Um, uh, what else? Uh, she did an interview with Ellen, and she was really afraid of Ellen. And, you know, Anne Hesh is always... Ellen been. killed her. Oh, that makes sense. I'm, well, I'm in on that Well, one. when this came up, I will remind everybody that after the Vegas shooting, which is still one of the Vegas, Vegas shootings... You're talking about the one where they shot the hunt, Western they, thing? Yeah. Yeah. If you recall, it was a shit show. No one knew what was going on. Then we had the security guard that we could interview, but only Ellen could interview him. And only once and after that, we never heard from the guy wow, again. Wow, this is going way back. And she has a very tight connection with Vegas, with gangsters, because she's got all of her, um, uh, all of her, uh, slot machines all ellen shows maybe not anymore but back in the day and she did the only I interview I, I i do believe that I, i've seen an ellen slot machine that's interesting well what we deconstructed at the time is that she was being put she was being used to get this guy just to say whatever they needed him to say before they sent him off to pasture right remember this we we did all Vaguely. this I just so, don't. I just vaguely remember it, but I remember. So it, yeah. maybe I don't know. But Anne Hesh was doing a, a Lifetime movie, which is still going to be aired in September, as per Lifetime Network, um, about pedophiles and chemtrails. Could it get any better? I don't think so. So everybody's got an opinion, and I'm just hanging back because I know this will go nowhere. No one can tell me for what reason, for what good reason, did Anne Hesh have to be killed? However. When you get a well, fight, I, I would say that people, if you're going to go along this route, I would have skipped the whole story. But if you're going to go this route, I would say that's the same people that killed Mike Hastings or whatever. Well, no, was. because Mike Hastings. Because it, no, it's a high speed car running into something. That, now you sound like every jackass on TikTok. The problem oh. is <laughs> Mike Hastings was a journalist who had just called and said, I've got new information, man. New shit has come to light. And then he veered off in his Porsche and. and uh, no, it was a Mercedes. And collided into a tree on a straight road. Right. That was that is what people claim to be remote control. But you know, Anne Hesh had just she'd backed into a, a storage unit fifteen minutes before. She's clearly erratic. It doesn't matter when you get a fireman on TikTok saying, "Hey, I and I'm going to talk to my fireman buddies." Hey, this makes no sense. There's something wrong with the video I'm seeing, and this is the video of them bringing supposedly Anne Hesh out on a stretcher. She's in some kind of bag. She's unzipping the bag, leans forward, is pushed back, and then into the ambulance. Listen to what the fi- the TikTok fireman says. All right, so I need to make a video about this actress that they said died in that car crash into the house, caught on fire. It looks like a movie set to me. I'm a fireman, paramedic. I've worked scenes like that. Those aren't real firemen. None of them had gloves on. All of us firemen are EMTs or medics. If she was burn up, she'd be IV intubated. 
uh, at least a BVM bag valve mask oxygenating her. She'd have the IV in place, fluids going. She wouldn't be wrapped up in a sheet. We don't put people in body bags, but that was a sheet wrapped on her. You also don't apply uh, cool, wet dressings to somebody with that much body surface area burn up okay none of the none of that makes sense that wasn't a real incident it seemed like a movie set take a look for yourself she was also making movies about child trafficking and chemtrails <laughs> this is, ah. that's the kicker for me <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. so that's uh the Anne hash all right we'll look into it you're oh you'll look into it i'm not looking into anything you said you're gonna call your fire buddies. Oh no, I'll look into that, but I'm not gonna. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is even. This is too far even for me. No. Okay, you're right. <laughs> what am I talking? That's plenty close. Uh huh. All right, everybody. Uh, that wraps it up. Oh man, alert the affiliates. A little, a little on the late side today. Uh, end of show mix is coming your way from. Um, uh, let me see. What did I have here? Oh, that's right. We received exactly zero end-of-show mixes. So, um... Time for the classics. <laughs> time for the classics, exactly. Uh, we've got a classic Hacking Hillary. we got Secret Agent Paul. we got got uh, the Zuckerberg face bag. I mean, it's all beautiful. That's a good one. Yeah, that's very, one of my favorites. It's very good. Uh, coming up next on No Agenda Stream, which you can listen to live in Troll Room, trollroom.io, the intergalactic boombox... Predators, dreams, and bone-breaking chess-playing robots. You will like this. You will like this show. The Intergalactic Boombox. It's short, but it's fantastic. Coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in uh, FEMA Region Number 6. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday right here on your No Agenda. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios, mofos, and such! Boy, we have 63 days to go. There's a Starbucks hating on black guys. They tried to have a meeting, but had no intent to buy. There's a Starbucks, one of these black guys. He tried to use the bathroom, but they said he was denied. Oh, well, they were asked to exit, but they both protested. So they got arrested. Everybody's talking about the sweaty pale monkey. See him from a tree and he's moving like a donkey. Places 
to go, got people to see, got deals to hustle, get the dough rate me. I ain't ever seen nothing like it done before. He's a moving violation, breaking in your back door. What you don't know, what you don't see, he got mouths to feed, he got bills to pay. Looking real hot, and he's trying to sell the product. Face bags up a bird, kinda like a robot. He knows where you're going and he knows where you've been Tracking how you got back, how you got thin Never too close, never too far To open up your webcam, there you are Knowing how you vote, watching every kiss Saying happy birthday that he'll never miss Never miss. He's a Zuckerberg. responsible for what happens here. It's not enough to just connect people. We have to make sure that those connections are positive. It's not enough to just give people a voice. We need to make sure that people aren't using it to harm other people or to spread misinformation. And it's not enough to just give people control over their information. We need to make sure that the developers they share it with protect their information too. It will take some time to work through all the changes we need to make across the company, but I'm committed to getting this right. Dvorak.org slash N-A They do believe it.